My name is James Rowlands. In 2015, I teamed up with my friend Dan White to create the Dubbing Our podcast. Since then, we have been giving you everything that's happened on the WWE Network. Now, in 2018, not only are we live for the big four events and every NXT takeover, but we celebrate 20 years since the birth of the Attitude Era. Plus, every month we'll bring you 205 Live, collections, new content, W pay views and latest news on the WWE Network. Until we've watched everything, we are with you and we are the WNR. Yes, hello, I am James Rowlands, and as always I'm joined by... Dan White. And today it's the WNR 171, it's WWE vs. WCW, August 1998. But before we do anything, we're going to start with an alternate intro, and I'm not going to do the words this week, because we lost one of uh, Britain's greatest entertainers, I would say, would be fair, in the loss of uh, Barry Chuckle. So, out of tribute, let's play the Chuckle Vision theme song. To me, to you, to me, to you, indeed, James, yes. So what are your thoughts on the uh, loss of a chuckle, brother, Dan? Well, it is one half of the greatest duo I used to watch, and uh, oh dear, oh dear. Yeah, no, it was great, and it is a shame, but uh, the good news coming from it is that uh, his organs were donated to um, to the hospital, and someone got his eyes, and now they've got chuckle, chuckle vision. So we move on. Too soon. <laughs> Too soon. We move on, though, to the intro. In 1998, WWE ratings war. Their shows Raw and Nitro went head-to-head on Mondays. The WNR podcast go back 20 years right in the middle of the battle. We've followed the war since the inception of Nitro, but now with the start of the Attitude Era and WCW still at its peak, the WNR podcast follow it month to month. This is WWE versus WCW the Monday Night Wars, August 1998. Yeah, and let's begin. And let's not forget our five-point system, of course. Thank each show of out of 30 points, and then we see a winner for it in a month. And last month was just ridiculously close, a quarter of a point difference. But we've got a five-point system anybody doesn't know, and that's roster, rating, promo, matches, and the setting as well. So we'll be looking at that. But we start off in WWF, and not only is this feud between the Nation and DX in full swing, but Austin and the Undertaker are still tag champs. Not only that Val's Venus... Yeah, we'll find out what that means in a bit. 
<laughs> and the question still to be answered is, are Taker and Kane in cahoots? Are you like in? that word, cahoots, don't you? I loved it. I love it. I, love it. I wish the pay-per-view were going to be called cahoots. That would be fantastic for me. We hope to find out on the highway to hell. Your champions in the WWF flow are... Well, the WWF champion is Austin. The Intercock. The European champion is D'Lo. The tag team champions are Austin and The Undertaker. And the light heavyweight champion is, well, no one really cares. Yeah, but we do start this month with WWE Heat. It's episode one, Sunday, August 2nd. And the the August 2nd edition of Sunday Night Heat took place at the Arrowhead Pond in Anaheim, California. It was taped on July 27th, 1998. Well, Vince McMahon, Vince McMahon enters first to introduce the host and the star of WWF Heat, his son, Shane McMahon. Shane comes down to ringside with a couple of female valets and joins JR and Jerry the King on commentary. And this is the first proper appearance of Shane McMahon on WWF television. He'd been a referee and official like that before, but it's the first time he's really getting introduced as the son of Vince. And the first ever match on Heat is Edge versus Jeff Jarrett. And that is F J A R R E T A N E A Twat. Exactly, and you think you know him? It's Edge, who's only made his debut a few weeks ago, and we're going to start here on Heat. And it feels like quite a big deal. We get massive fireworks to start off. And of course, Jeff Jarrett comes out with the uh, double J and the Catherine wheel, which I appreciate. Attacked Edge in the early going to get an advantage. We've just seen Edge hit a spear, but didn't go for a cover. I mean, that was just a uh, one of his moves in his uh, move set at the time, as opposed to a finisher. And that was nice. Short arm turned into a DDT. And Jeff might be talking a bit too much here, though. When we see Shane McMahon alongside, like say, JR and the King of Commentary. And that is a tidy bit of blonde. Well, this is how big, though, getting at this time, they could afford another show on the USA Network, have an hour show on a Sunday, much like Thunder was for WCW. I mean, Heat didn't become the shit show it was right at the start. You know, there were still a few big matches on it that were hoping to... Uh, We'll catch or we'll see. And, of course, it's a build-up to the pay-per-views. And the camera cuts away from the action to show Shane getting some makeup applied. Well, it's the important stuff here in the WWF, isn't it? It's Jeff takes down Edge. Seeing Shane the first time ever on telly, would you think he'd become the batshit crazy son bitch he becomes now? I mean, you know, he he returns. He's, he's taken a few big bumps or huge bumps. It, it's interesting when you look at the impact of, of certain wrestlers, what they've done. Like you say, with Shane, I don't think at this point you would see him being that kind of uh, daredevil. But even with Vincent Mann at this time, you haven't seen that yet. You know, even though he's, he's took matches, he's had that one match with Austin that never took place. But like I say, we're building towards it. But what I love about it as well is someone like Edge and Jeff Jarrett, who's, you know, still quite relevant to this day, both Hall of Famers are in the first match of Heat and on the roster. And if you look at the complete roster in, in WF at the time, how many Hall of Famers and how many guys went on to have success outside the Attitude Era, I think that's more interesting than the actual 
era itself right now, you know, with all the stars involved. Well, Edge's, Edge's success came, some great matches during the Attitude Era, but, you know, his, his more solo yeah, exactly. success as a, as, came after this. As a proper main event star, you know, and I think we're going to see that a few times. I mean, just going for the list of champions and having, like, the Rock as champion uh, and, and, and Austin as well, you think, well, fucking Rock's Intercontinental, he still hasn't got on to that kind of huge success, and oh my God, it's over. Well, an accidental trip on uh, Jeff Jarrett from Tennessee Lee, and it helps Edge get a quick pinfall. Well, that was a little bit of a mistake there for Tennessee Lee, and Edge gets the first victory on Sunday Night Heat, which uh, wasn't a bad match, was it? You know, not a bad match to start things off. Anyway, the camera catches Amy Hunter Cornelius and Mario Lopez at ringside, promoting Pacific Blue television series on USA Network. And if you don't know what series that was, then the promotion didn't work that well, did it? Well, Jerry Lawler enters the ring to interview D-Generation X. That's China, Triple H and X-Pac. He asks about the upcoming match that Vincent Mann sanctioned between Triple H and X-Pac on the next episode of Raw. X-Pac answers that they are professionals and will shake hands afterwards. Triple H laughs at Vincent Mann's attempt to break up the group. He states they are not... They are the most titillating group in wrestling. He proves that by getting several female audience members to show their breasts. Well, a segment of Droz's World, a parody of MTV's The Real World, shows Droz explaining how Henry during his training. Tom Pritchard explains that it was disgusting and chunky. And talking of chunkies, Mr. Yamaguchi is just... <laughs> well, the team of Dan Drozdoff and the Headbangers United by the common home state of New Jersey defeated the Japanese stable Kaintai. Before and during the match, Val Venus and Mrs. Yamaguchi showed up on a ramp together to distract Kaintai's manager, Mr. Yamaguchi. And as we can see, he wasn't very happy about that. Afterwards, Val Venus hits on Amy Hunter Cornelius and pushes, away, pushes Mario Lopez away. Lopez jumps the guard rail and takes down Val Venus with an impressive double-leg takedown. Well, D'Lo Brown succeeded in retaining the... European Championship in his first defence against Ken Shamrock. During the match, Mark Henry attacked Shamrock outside the ring. This prompted Steve Blackman and Dan Severin to show up in <coughs> Shamrock's corner. Dan, the moustache Severin, to show up in Shamrock's corner. Brown got the win over Shamrock after provoking moustache into a match, earning Shamrock a disqualification. Well, Steve Blackman tries to calm Shamrock down after the match, but Shamrock throws chairs and ring steps around in anger. Pacific Blue star Shania Mocha talks with lefty Bart Gunn backstage at, with his left hand, not due to his uh, political aspiration. In the main event, Owen Hart and The Rock, representing the nation, defeated Kane and Mankind by countout after Owen Hart jumped back in the ring at the last moment to avoid a double countout. With this victory, Owen Hart and The Rock become the number one contenders for the WF Tag Team Championship. Austin looks to be thrilled there. Well, there, yeah, see him on the screen. I mean, he looks pretty happy, yeah. Yeah, well, Michael Cole interviewed Steve Austin backstage and asked what his relationship was with his fellow WWF tag team champion, The Undertaker. And Austin says they are just a team and he'll kick anyone's ass he feels like. Yeah, so that was Heat. What are your thoughts on the first episode of Heat, Dan? <clears throat> well, it certainly had, you know, a good feel to it. I think it was, you know, it was great for a mid-card talent, you know, yeah. to try and get their push. And, uh, you know, to help them out. And it gives a bit of storyline progress throughout it as well. Yeah, and I mean, it's still good to see some people like The Rock and Shan Rock and Kane and Mank on, on Heat with an Austin interview and even Mr. McMahon involved. So there's still hope, I guess, for the programme. But we move on to Monday Night Raw, episode 271. And that was August 3rd, 1998. 
It was in the San Diego Sports Center, of course, in San Diego, California, and it was 9,703. Commentators are Jim Ross and... The main event tonight is another tag title defence, this time against Owen and The Rock, which should be interesting. We sort of set up for that on heat. Other than that, we have a very infamous scene involving a naked Val Venus. Let's get to it. Well, here's the nation to open things up. Rock and Owen beat Mankind and Kane on the W Heat. Like we said, it used to be a huge show to get the shot. They're here to chat right now. <coughs> the Rock says the nation is awesome and wants his title shot. But instead, Rock says, Rock says, go get the champs. But Austin comes out on his own. Taker comes out as well, but Kane pops up on the stage. Austin goes in and gets beaten down, but Taker goes after Kane. Mankind jumps in. There's a referee here. Is this a match? Oh, there are like five referees, so this is just a brawl. Austin gets a chair and clears the ring. So quite a crazy start to Monday Night Raw. Yes, and our first match is Mark Merrow Olga. Now, this is a strange choice. Sable comes out with Golga for some reason. She says she has a surprise for Jackie as well. Kerrigan and Silver come out in tuxedos and sing the Miss America song. Golga, Saluna so breaks flowers over her back, slams Mero, and Golga wins with an earthquake. Well, bad match here, but the other tees would begin to get a moderate push. They would have the insane clown posse do their intro at SummerSlam, which, was, to be fair, is pretty cool. We're going to see that pay-per-view in just a couple of episodes' time. If you like Insane Clown, possibly. Yeah, if you, if you like them, yeah. Carrigan dancing makes up for almost anything, though, and the Oddities theme was always kind of catchy, so why not? It was always kind of a guilty pleasure. Yeah, for me, definitely me, yeah. Uh, Brawl Quarter quarterfinals, Godfather versus Scorpio. Yes. Go on. Seven has pulled out, so Godfather is back in. The moustache says he has nothing to prove, so there's no need for him to be there. Godfather, I think, debuts the offering the women instead of fighting deal. No, he doesn't. We saw that last week, so I'll cut that bit. Cut that bit, James. Scorpio says, let's fight and someone needs to check a Lola. Godfather wins on points. The Outlaws say they'll take out Kane and Mankind. Rody gets in a good line. We're not afraid of you. We're afraid of what we'll do to you. Well, Kane, Mankind versus the New Age Outlaws. The Outlaws jump Mankind on the floor while Kane makes his entrance. Mankind and Billy start, but it's quickly off to Road Dog. The shaky knee gets two. Two. The monsters take over with Kane pounding on Road Dog. Billy comes in and tries a double suplex, but the Outlaws get dropped. Out to the floor and Mankind, cacks Road Do- <coughs> Mankind cracks Road Dog with a chair. Billy hits Mankind and his clothesline down by Kane. The Outlaws get Kane alone and hit a double suplex, but Mankind uses the claw on Billy Gunn. This allows Kane to tombstone the Road Dog for the pin. Well, this was more of a brawl, and like last week, I don't think anyone gave the Outlaws a chance at all. That being said, last week was a much better match because it's more wrestling-based, as well as having Undertaker sell some stuff. It's not a horrible match, but it's pretty much an annoyance to the Monsters rather than a competitive match. Hulk apologises to the fans for... Last week. Yep, and then it's Hulk versus Jeff Jarrett. Hulk starts off with his power stuff, and Jeff Jarrett doesn't really listen to Tennessee Lee. Hopefully that leads to Lee's dismissal. A charge misses, and Hulk's shoulder hits the post. Jeff takes over and hits a Russian leg sweep. Well, Lee tries to get his belt buckle off for Jeff to use. The delay lets Hulk hit a net breaker for the pin. I don't winning a singles match without being against a team they're feuding against, so... Little fact there for you. 
Yes, Southern, Ju- Southern Justice jumps the LOD post-match and Joz comes out to cancel out Jarrett. Well, here's Vince for his goon squad. He talks about the paths of Austin and the Undertaker intersecting at SummerSlam. Tonight, there's going to be a roadblock, though, as they'll lose the titles. Vince brings up the post-main event attack last match, implying that Taker was in on it when Kane and Mankind jumped Austin. Well, Vince requests that Taker come out now to explain himself. Taker comes out to new music and Austin follows him before anything can be said. Austin says he threw Taker a beer because he looked thirsty. Austin has the Smoking Skull title now. That was debuted tonight. And Austin throws the mic to Vince and leaves the tag belts behind. Taker shouts at Austin to come back and says that's what Vince wants Austin to do. He says Vince wants to drive a wedge between them, so come and take what belongs to Austin, meaning one of the title belts. Well, Austin does so to leave again, but Taker says that Austin is the safest guy in the company right now, at least until SummerSlam. Rock says he doesn't care what's going on with the tag champions because they'll be winning the titles tonight. And our next match is X-Puck versus Triple H, and the winner gets the Rock, presumably, at SummerSlam for the title. Triple H introduces Triple H rather than Triple H, Hunter, Hurst, Helmsley. So here we go, Colin Elbow Tarp to start. We saw these two men competing in the King of the Ring qualifying round. And Triple H managing to dodge a leapfrog there and a tilt world backbreaker. Go for the cover, but only getting a two. Two. And China looking on. We saw what happened last time. She didn't pick a winner. She was throwing either Hunter or x Buck in. And now Triple H backed up in the corner. So we're seeing the nation who already got the Intercontinental title and the European Championship looking to get tag team titles here tonight. And we've got DX feuding. I mean, I didn't think this was going on during the Attitude Era. This, these problems already in DX, you know, after only being together for a little amount of time. Vince Man trying to drive a wedge between them like he is a tag team champions. Well, yes, indeed. You know, you see how uh, Vince kind of plays everyone against each other now and it is because you don't you kind of take these things for granted while watching it the first time round, and it's you know it is it is interesting to see the amount of effort that actually goes into these storylines as well yeah I, I think that's the thing yeah because you see clips but when you see all the build up to it where it be good or bad you know th- this is the kind of thing that we're seeing now with the second Xbox Triple H match Triple H goes for the clothesline X-Puck dodges it, hit a spinning wheel kick. Can he get X-Puck down? No, shoulder up at two. Two. X-Puck with his quick leg drop goes for another cover. Uh, what are your thoughts on X-Puck? Uh, do you like him? Do you not? I, you know. I don't know. I see X-Puck, I see X-Puck as a solid mid-carder. He's not someone that I'd ever see, you know, at the top level, whereas Triple H, you can actually see, you know, He's got that top-level look about him. Mm. Do you think he's a Hall of Famer? Yeah. yeah. A headline Hall of Famer. Uh, no, I, I probably don't think he is, but I think he's very underrated in that way when you talk about people of his size, you know, as the one 2 free kid back in the day, one of the few guys to actually be around in the, the land of the monsters, as it was. So I think, you know, for some credit there, and the way he wrestled as well. Uh, and Rex Park, he was extremely loved, you know, especially when he was in DX, at this time, you know, he really was a fan favourite. Then yeah. it turned for him and he was just hated forever afterwards. <laughs> it was so yeah. weird. But, you know, I've, I've not got a problem with X-Pac. He's a solid worker. But I just, you know, I think there's, there's some people because with X-Pac, I think he just showed up, done his stuff and buggered off. But there's other wrestlers you hear stories about, you know, they're 
They're always helping out backstage. Yeah, you know, yeah, they're yeah. doing things, you know, above and beyond their call of duty, which I think that's what helps make a great superstar. You know, he had the likes of Austin. He'd be sat in a gorilla position watching everything that's going on, learning and, you know, things like that. And you've got X-Pac that would presumably, as soon as his match is finished, he's going out on a piss. Yeah, you know, a bit of crystal meth or whatever it is as well. I think with X-Pac, not only that, but it was the kind of, uh, with, with promos as well, you know, you probably wasn't as strong as that to go to go forward. He was better off in a group. You know, even after DX failed and he wore the DX colours for a couple of years, like the X Factor as well, they tried that. So to try and be in a group, I think, would work out for him more. X Pac nearly broke his uh, neck as he went in the turnbuckle. Triple H moved, and that's Triple H in complete control. And he hit the big knee on X Pac, had him in serious trouble. But as I said that, went in for closer, and X Pac dodges it, then hit the spinning wheel kick. Only manages a two count, though. Three, two, <coughs> <laughs> lift off. Lex Pack, he's certainly got some uh, very talented feet. Yeah, I hear one went to Harvard. So I know he's uh, very educated. And X Pack now. Gonna go Bronco Buster. Oh my god. Well, that was China in from behind, taking out the leg of X Pack. He's gonna punish her one day by sticking his dick in her. Oh my god. Well, she just stuck his forearm, his her forearm in his face. Made you a bit shocked by that, but gonna take advantage. Loading him up. Hits the pedigree. Well, Triple H goes for the cover. One, two, three. But is that it now for DX? Is X-Pac being kicked out? Ah. Why did China do that? Well, your thoughts, Dan. Is is this the end of DX, as you said? I mean, Triple H doesn't look happy. Well, potentially, but there's uh, there's certainly more members to uh, DX than just these two guys. Well, X-Pac getting in Triple H's face right now. And he says he's got nothing to do with it. X-Pac pushed him off. Oh X-Pac, well, he's not backing down. Uh, Triple H is not backing down from X-Pac. Gets right back in his face. The two exchanging a few words in the middle of the ring. Are they going to fight? No, oh, X-Pac saying you got to sort this shit out. Well, my God, is DX are in serious trouble. I think they wanted to hug it out. X-Pac saying he wanted a chance at the title. Well, anyway... Up next, Val Venus and Takamichinoku versus Kainzai. Well, it's not bad, and Triple H seemed to be surprised by that ending. I don't think after this, but it's uh, one of the favourite matches ever and launched both Triple H and The Rock about five levels up the card. The explanation from China should be interesting, though. Well, Tio and Yamaguchi are here with Kainzai, along with Yamaguchi's wife. Val starts with Togo, and it's time to bump and grind. Oh, wait, Tio's on the team and not Funaki. Not that it matters, as Taka turns heel, joining Kaintai and attacking Val. The match is thrown out. <coughs> well, Taka is his sister. What? No, not Yamaguchi's sister. Taka's sister. Yeah, Taka. Oh, my <laughs> God. So, we, Yamaguchi sounds Well, that, that certainly makes her a disgrace. So, she's a Michinoku. My God. Yes, yeah, so Val is out, so they carry him to the back. So, post-break, they are still carrying Val Venus somewhere. But up next, European title, D'Lo Brown versus Dan, the moustache Severin. Brown says he's wrestling this under protest because most of San Diego isn't from America. Brown controls to start and Henry comes out to second him. Blackman comes out as well. Severin starts slowly but a few, but hooks a few throws to take over. And here's Shamrock to beat up Brown for the DQ in another 
unrateable match. Well, Edge jumps Delo as he leaves and then leaves as well. Well, can't I beat on Val Venus some more? And here's Tiger Ali Singh, basically Ted DiBiase Sr., but Indian and minus the talent and charisma. He offers any woman $500 to, per piece of clothing they take off. His servant, Babu, gets to pick the woman. And of course, she's rather manly looking. She takes off her top and it is disturbing. She goes to take her bra off and Singh says no. He'll give her $500 for every piece of clothing she'll put on. I don't think she's too bad. <clears throat> look how much. Look at that wad. Take it off. Oh. Put it on. Put it Damn. on. <laughs> oh, no. No, 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 no. The Tiger Ali Singh only having two matches in WWE. <laughs> She's getting on her knees and getting that money. People are throwing coins in the ring as well. There we go. Moments ago, we see Val Venus taken into the locker room. And Yamaguchi's son's got a fucking sword. Samurai sword. <laughs> and telling the camera to get out of here. Oh, my God. They've shut the door. What's going to happen? But up next is tag team... Championship on the line. Austin Untaker champions versus Rock and Own Heart. What a fucking choice main event. Indeed, yes. Well, the nation tries to jump them to start and it's a big brawl. Taker and Owen officially start and Owen goes down to old school. Off to Austin who walks into a spinning wheel kick. Rock comes in and you can feel the fans getting into this quickly. I wonder if they had any idea what they had here. Taker comes in and we go from some of the best chemistry ever to some of the worst. I never remember a very good Rock versus Undertaker match. As did last week, the challenges work over the knee of the Undertaker. Owen kicks his head off, but Taker manages to bring Austin back in. And Austin's coming. He's on fire, baby. And we know the wars Owen of Austin has. Austin's going for the sharpshooter. The Rock clotheslines him. And he tells Austin that he's number one. Oh, my God, yeah. Owen broke Austin's neck back at SummerSlam 1997. And the Rock and Austin were going to have some brawls as well, some wonderful fights. Rock's now a legal man. They're trying to in. What a huge victory it would be for either Rock or Owen to beat a superstar, the Magnitude the Untaker, or the WF champion. We've got the current IC champion, we've got the current heavyweight champion, and we've got the tag team champions all in the same match. Oh, my God. And Austin, Austin with a Lufez press. Starts wailing the way at the head of the rock. Irish rip reversal. And the rock with a back elbow. And the rock just showing how good he is at the moment. The rock signalling that he wants a drink. And now Owen's got the sleeper on Austin. Oh, rock's busted open. Probably a big right hand by Austin. And the Undertaker now looking to try and tag himself back in if he can. Undertaker could have tagged himself in. I think that's the important thing. He's not a tag team wrestler, is he? He's more of a single wrestler. If you're a tag team, that's why you get the advantage in this. So you know how your partner works. And also the blind tags, cutting the ring off, little stuff. As opposed to two great singles wrestlers. I think a tag team beats two great single wrestlers in a tag team match. And now Austin... Hand goes down once, twice, but the first time he stops it, and now he's got the middle finger in the air. Rock's own heart up with a big right hand, sends him into the turnbuckle. But Owen with a low blow behind the referee's back, and that's how you get the advantage. Swing. 
And now Owen taking Austin down. He's going to go for the sharpshooter. But Austin knows how to block that, rakes the eyes. Owen tags in the rock. Who stops Austin from getting to take her. And the rock taunting big man. And I don't think that's a great idea. Ante comes in, gets stopped by Timmy White. Gives Rock the chance to hit the low blow on Stone Cold. Clever teaming by the Rock. Owen Hart of the nation. Well, they've been uh, in one another's company for longer than Austin and Taker have. So, you know, they kind of know how each other works. You still got to remember the Rock's very young into his WF run at this time, even though he's rubbing shoulders with Austin the Undertaker. He's only been at two years, so a veteran like Owen Hart in this corner. He's going to help him out. Austin fought out of it, but Rock caught him. Looking for the rock button, but Austin hits a big, unleashes a flurry of lefts and rights on the rock. Irish whips him. Oh, looking for a back elbow. The rock ducked it. Now both guys close on each other to James's delight. And now both men down, looking to tag in their partners. Yuntaker would be fresher than any other guys at the moment. Rock managing to tag Owen Hart. Oh, Austin tagging Undertaker in. Now Undertaker's unleashing hell, fury and fire. On both Owen and The Rock. Irish rips the Irish whips The Rock. Delivers a big boot to him. Irish whipped Owen. He ducks the clothesline. Gets caught in the choke though. Takes him for the ride. <laughs> Barely. Uh, Owen up and all the way down. Must be at least seven foot in the air. Well, that's nearly as high as he fell to his death. And The Rock comes in. Stops the Undertaker's pin there. Austin and Rock on the outside. Sends a great one into the announce table. Now the greater ones mounted him and started punching away. Undertaker loading up for a tombstone. Hits it. That's how you do it properly, Owen Hart. One, two, two three. three. Well, job done there, buddy. Undertaker still tag team champions. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, the mankind in, Mankind's in straight away, though. Hits the mandible claw on the Undertaker. Austin's distracted by the rock. And now Kane's got the chair to back of the Undertaker. No! Oh, the Undertaker. He must have sensed his brother behind him. Kane inadvertently hits Mankind with a chair. Undertaker rips it out of Kane's hand. Looks to clock Kane with it, but hits Mankind, who's just recovered. Oh, my God. And Kane and the Undertaker not laid hands on each other yet. And now here come Road Dog and Billy Gunn. They've got their problems with the Brothers of Destruction. I know Austin's back in. Well, the only person not moving at the moment is Mankind, who's unconscious. And we finish by the night raw, and Austin, stunner! Bang! (laughs) Oh, wait a minute! Security breaking in! Val Venus is strung up! Yeah, we've got the sword! No! Oh! What happened? Did they choppy choppy pee pee? What happened? That is it for Monday Night Raw. Oh. <laughs> I want to I wanna know what happened to Val Venus's penis. I want to know what's happening with the tag team title situation. Situation? No. Val Venus's penis. Well, I think we're going to find out the answer to both. What a way to end Monday Night Raw. Why don't you tune in the following week? And we are Raw temp 272. August 10th, 1998. Well, this one opens up with the usual shitloads of fireworks. Followed by Mankind rushing to the ring carrying a chair. He tosses it in the ring and grabs a mic. And this is what he has to say. Well, he says, I'm tired of being lied to. I'm tired of being deceived. What I like is the truth. 
and I finally realised, as much as it sometimes hurts, that there's only one man who has ever really given me the truth, and it's not you, Uncle Paul. There's only one person that's truly given me the bottom line, and it's not Stone Cold. <laughs> so, I would like to bring out the man that never lies to me right now, and it's Mr. McMahon. Where are you? I need your help. Well, Mankind sits on the mat, rocking back and forth, waiting for McMahon to arrive. He soon does, to roaring boos. Mankind hands in the microphone, and McMahon takes it slowly. So what does McMahon have to say? Well, he says, how humiliating this must be for you to invite me, Vincent Man, out here to find you help the truth. Imagine that. Me, you. I detest people who need help. I loathe people like you who rely on pillars of strength like me just to get you through the day. The mere sight of the infirmed and the invalid makes my stomach turn. But you, Mick Foley, Mankind, do love Cactus Jack. Whoever the hell you are, you're a special case, aren't you? Because I know you. You didn't invite me out here to help you, did you? You invited me out here to hurt you. I will. Because when I tell the truth, the truth hurts, doesn't it? And last week on Raw, when your partner Kane reared back with a steel chair, he could have either struck The Undertaker or you. It was no accident the chair collided with your head. No. When The Undertaker snatched that chair from Kane, he could have obliterated his brother, but he annihilated you. Think about it. Just last night on Sunday Night Heat, The Undertaker disguised himself as Kane. The truth is, it might as well have been Kane himself... Because you see, the Untaken and Kane are in collusion, not just against you, not just against Stone Cold Steve Austin, but against every single superstar on the WWF roster. And just as McMahon says Kane and the Undertaker are one and the same, Pyro explodes at the top of the ramp, and Kane lumbers out of the entrance, joined by Paul Bearer. They get to the ring, and Bearer gets on the mic. Oh, Undertaker! No. For once, Mr. McMahon, you're going to listen to the fat man. It's true that you may very well be the big manipulator, the puppeteer of the World Wrestling Federation. It's true, you might be able to get into mankind's mind, but I'll be damned if you get into my mind or my son's mind. You have a son? How would you feel if someone stepped into your house and tried to poison his mind like you've been doing to my son? I made a lot of money thanks to you, and I don't need you anymore. Me and Kane can hit the damn road, road as far as I'm concerned. And Miss McMahon replies with, You finished venting your spleen? Well, McMahon says the truth is that that is not your son. He points to Kane. The truth is that is a son of a bitch. <laughs> That's you, Undertaker. I can smell the stink of death on your breath. That's you, Undertaker. You either take that mask off, well, I'll rip it off you right now. So he thinks Undertaker's dressed up as Kane again. Well, Bearer tells McMahon that shit ain't going down and he's trying to pull the mask off Kane's face. Oh, my God. Well, the lights go up and they stay out for several moments and JR complains about it. But when they go back up... What's going on? Oh, the my God. Gone? It's gone dark. I don't know, JR. I've just asked you that. JR. Well, I don't know what's going on. JFR. Oh, my God. The Untaker's in the ring and Kane is nowhere to be found. And he's got his hand round the man's throat. Now, here comes Mankind, but the Untaker fighting back. Oh, Fat Man down. Fat Man down. And Mr. Matman runs away. And the Undertaker's in hot pursuit of him. 
Well, JR and the King are both confused as hell, and the show takes a break as Mankind and Paul Bear a hug. JR tells us Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Undertaker will defend their tag team titles against three other teams. Kane and Mankind, the New Age Outlaws, and Owen Hart and The Rock. Also, we get a press of Venus and John Wayne Bobbitt. So I wonder what they're going to be talking about. Choppy, choppy, pee-pee. JR and King mention that DX may be, di- may be disbanding tonight. And while they talk, the show cuts to Undertaker walking into a locker room with Kane already inside. Lots of confusion. Oh, my God. Well, Sable walks into the ring. She grabs a microphone. She introduces Luna and the oddities. They dance around the ring and play up to the crowd. The King complains that Sable is associating herself with those freaks and the show takes a break. When it returns, Mark Merrow and Jacqueline come to the ring for the match. And it's Luna with Sable and the oddities versus Jacqueline with Mark Merrow. It's Jacqueline's wrestling debut. They lock up and Luna lands a move right off the bat. Sable and Mark Merrow get into her ringside and Kerrigan scares Merrow away. Jacqueline flies into the referee, but since she's not 700 pounds, he's okay, I guess. Luna and Jacqueline go at it and Luna starts talking, taking some shots. Jacqueline lands a blatant low blow and I don't want to be sexist, but does that even matter? I mean, it's disrespectful, but is it even illegal? Yeah, no. Well, Jacqueline goes up top, but Sable shakes her off the ropes and Jacqueline goes down. Luna lands a swinging neck breaker, then she goes up top and lands a huge splash. She goes for the cover and gets the pin. Wow, so there we go. And uh, Sable gives Luna the bikini contest trophy because why not? The Odyssey celebrate. Backstage, Michael Cole tells us Austin is upset about his tag team match. Great journalism, Cole. You just guessed, right? I don't see Austin anywhere. The show takes a break. The New Age Outlaws arrive with the rest of DX back in the arena. Darren Drozdoff walks out to the ring for a brawl for all match. And the announcers tell us that their match ended in a tie. Droz broke Hawk's nose in the first round of the brawl for all, so Hawk couldn't move on. Even though he was in a match last week, so Droz sort of wins. Savio Vega comes to the ring. So Darren Drozdoff versus Savio Vega, brawl for all second round matchup. They fight Vega lands a takedown right away, but no points are awarded because of racism. The first round ends with Droz ahead five points to zero. They go apeshit, both landing huge shots. Droz lands a takedown, but then they go get right back up. The round ends and going into round three, Droz is probably still ahead. Though they don't tell us how many points he's got this time. Vega lands a takedown and Droz gets another one right back at him. By the end of the round, Vega's almost off his feet. Droz is playing through him so hard. Droz clearly wins. Triple H and China drive into what I guess is an empty parking lot by themselves. JR says we'll get a word with China after the break. I don't know what she would have to say. Well, after the break, she shoves Michael Cole into the convertible after telling him to suck it. It's classic. And up next, we've got the uh, Legion of Doom, the Road Warriors, legendary tag team. Just That's something we haven't seen in a while. I know. It's great. Coming out here with all their gear on, pomp and circumstance. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> and that is a definite <laughs> surprise by a pyro. What the hell? What is wrong with Hawk? Animal's checking on him. We've gone to an ad break. Or we get to tell he's battling personal problems. He wants to get in the ring, but he's saying he can't. He 
His personal demons in no condition to perform, maybe. What a great storyline that is. Well, the show takes a break, and when it returns, officials... Have we done a bit? Yeah, we just basically covered it. Yeah. Well, Southern Justice walk to the ring, and after Dennis Knight makes a comment, they brawl. And after Hulk immediately falls down and gets dragged out of the ring, Southern Justice double-teams Animal. But then, Droz runs down the ramp and helps him out. What a gentleman. They clear the ring. But then, Jeff Jarrett sneaks up and draws and breaks a guitar on his head. What a jerk. Well, the guitar said, don't piss me off on it, which seems like a lot of work detailing saying you're going to destroy. Jarrett shaves some of Droz's hair off. Double J is a changed man now, which means he's just annoying in a different way, I guess. Well, backstage, X-Pac walks in the building by himself. Ooh. The New Age Outlaws walk to the ring, but without the usual, oh, you don't know bit. X-Pac walks to the ring next on his own. King says they think they can be all successful on their own. Triple H and China walk to the ring last. Well, Triple H says it's been a long two weeks for DX. X-Pac grabs the mic. You know, I've just about had it with you and your bitch. Sorry, what's she done? <laughs> Sexist, this. Of course... Comes hot on the heels of China punching X back in the fucking face in his number one contenders match with Triple H last week for the Intercontinental Championship. X Pac calls both of those jackoffs. Let me get this straight. Ah. I'm a jackoff. She's a jackoff. I'm a jackoff. You think we're jackoffs? Well, let me look back at the last few weeks and see if there's one thing I can see. Is that the biggest jackoff in the world is standing right in front of me. And as far as jackoffs go, while we're at it. You two have got to be a couple of the biggest jack-offs I've ever met in my life. Now that's been addressed. Billy Gunn grabs the mic. Let me get this straight. You're calling me a jack-off? Yeah, he called you a jack-off. But more importantly, you're calling me a jack-off. We're jack-offs? Triple H says, well, let's get this straight. Points to X-Pope, Billy Gunn, Road Dog, China and himself in that order. You're a jack-off. He's a jack-off. You're a jack-off. Supposedly she's a jack-off. I'm a jack-off. We're all in agreement. Everybody in the ring is a bunch of jack-offs, right? They all nod. Triple H continues... And says there seems to be a, some... They all nod. Triple H continues and says there seems to be some disagreement over whether they should stay together or split up. Since they're all in agreement that we're a bunch of jack-offs, there's only one thing left to do, which is give these people what they want. And that is the DX split. <gasps> they all get ready to move in the crowd, but China stops them. Wow. So I thought they were going to do it then, but here we go. She speaks. She says she's heard everyone is sick and tired of looking at their asses. So she initiates a DX split, and we'll see what China does. We've seen one night in China. Oh, China! Well, DX falls down, and China shows her ass to the world. And JR says they got us. They got us, King. <laughs> what a bunch of pranksters. The announcers mentioned we'll talk to Stone Cold after the break. And when the show returns, Austin is beating up Michael Cole and throwing him in a shower. <laughs> Fuck that guy. The Godfather walks to the ring with several women. JR says, the Godfather, he's a kind of upscale pimp. Well, he's got the hose with him. Apparently, Bart Gunn is already at ringside and he starts yelling at JR and the King about how they didn't commentate on his match with Dr. Death fairly. JR says, that shit ain't accurate. Vader makes his entrance and Gunn walks away and sits down. So that happened. Apparently, if Vader doesn't knock out the Godfather, Gun will. Godfather has Vader weight, but then asks him if he's ever been with a hoe. 
He shows off his hose and then asks Vader if he's ever been with anything this fine. He offers Vader to spend the night with some of my finest hoes rather than fight this match. Vader's answer is no. Godfather clarifies that it's, an all, fr- that it's all free hoes. So Vader agrees. This match ain't happening. This is pretty great. But wait, what's going on now? Vader walks over to Bart Gun and starts talking to him and then Gun punches him in the fucking face. Vader hits the ground and Gun flies into the ring and attacks Godfather. They're facing each other in the brawl for all next week. So, that's something anyway. The referees break it up and the Godfather leaves with the hose and Vader remains on the mat. Yeah, look at that. On the middle. How can it be allowed? The attitude here at this moment in time. A free hose. Right, so. Before the next break, John Wayne Bobbitt and Val Venus arrive in a limo. After the break, Dustin Reynolds appears on a funny soft focus promo video. He says people shouldn't watch the WF because of how crass it is. He says choose wisely for he is coming back. Val Venus enters the arena in a wheelchair holding a nice pack to his dick. Public pushed by Bobbitt and joined by Mr. Yamaguchi. But Dan, who is John Wayne Bobbitt? Oh, I didn't realise you had it here. Yeah. <laughs> well, the incident occurred on June 23rd, 1993 in Manassas, Virginia. And the legal case surrounding the incident surfaced during 93 and 94. Lorena stated in a court hearing that after coming home at night on June 23rd, 1993, her husband raped her. After her husband had gone to sleep, Lorena grabbed a knife from the kitchen, entered their bedroom and removed her husband's penis at the base. Uh, what? She chopped his <laughs> dick off at the base. <laughs> what? After this, Lorena left the apartment with the severed appendage and drove away in her car. After a while, she threw it into a field. After realising the severity of her crime, she stopped and called 911. John's penis was found after an exhaustive exhaustive search and it was reattached in the hospital where he was treated. The operation took nine and a half hours. However, it never regained full sensation. Well, there we go. So let's move on to the arrest and trial then. So Lorena was taken into custody when she was arrested the night of June 23rd. She told the police, he always has orgasms and he doesn't wait for me to ever have an orgasm. He's selfish. This conversation with Detective Peter Wentz was tape recorded and the transcript was read later in the trial by Mary Grace O'Brien, the Prince William County Assistant Commonwealth Attorney prosecuting Lorena. Well, during the trial, the couple revealed the details of their volatile relationship and the extents that led to the assault. Lorena stated that John sexually, physically and emotionally abused her during their marriage and he flaunted his infidelities and forced her to have an abortion. Her defence attorneys, who included defence lawyer Blair D. Howard, maintained that his constant abuse caused her to eventually snap because she was suffering from clinical depression and a possible bout of post-traumatic stress disorder due to the abuse. John denied the allegations of abuse, however, when he was cross-examined by Howard, his statements were conflicted with known facts of the prosecution's case. Well, Lorena testified that John had raped her and physically battered her on multiple occasions prior to the evening of severing his penis, and that they lacked financial stability and he stole and spent her earnings. Both the prosecution and defence sides conceded that he demonstrated a history of abuse towards her and the abuse created a context for the assault. Expert witnesses of both the prosecution and defence testified that he had mentally and physically battered her, that the abuse was escalating, and that by 1993 she lived in constant fear of him. 
One expert witnessed through a defence strategy that M5's reaction has been a mix of self-defence and temporary insanity conceding in an irresistible impulse due to the history and pattern of the abuse and rape that Lorena believed that was immobilised by John's threat. I will find you whether we're divorced or separated and wherever I find you, I will have sex with you whenever I want to. Well, John Bobbitt was later acquitted of rape. He had multiple versions of what happened that evening in question relating at various times to police and had to and had to the court and to the court that they had not had sex that Lorena had tried to initiate sex but he had been too tired that they had sex but he had slept through it and they had sex that had been consensual well after seven hours of deliberation the jury found Lorena not guilty to insanity causing or irresistible impulse to sexually wound John as a result she could not be held liable for her actions under state law, the judge ordered her to undergo a 45-day evaluation period at Central State Hospital after which she be released in 1995 after six years' marriage. Surprisingly, John and Lorena got divorced. So for chopping off someone's penis, she got 45 days. Well, he, he raped her with that penis. So. No, he didn't rape her. He got acquitted of the rape. They just said <laughs> oh, that. Got acqui- oh, right. Yeah, he got acquitted. Come on now. <laughs> he got his cock chopped off, but he didn't. Apparently, it was physically abused. And stuff like that beforehand, but he didn't actually rape her that night. Well, uh, after the incident, John attempted to generate money from his renowned by forming a band, the Severed Parts, to pay for his mounting medical and legal bills. Although the band was unsuccessful and failed to generate enough money, in September 94, he appeared in the adult film John Wayne Bobbitt Uncut in (laughs) in an attempt to make money. In 96, he appeared in another adult film, Frankenpenis, also known as John Wayne Bobbitt's Frankenpenis. In 1994, he was charged with striking Christina Elliott at 21 Street Dance Street Met while in Las Vegas on a publicity tour. Nice guy. On August 31st, 1994, he was convicted of battery and sentenced to 15 days in jail. 75% of the original 60-day sentence suspended. I firmly believe you have an attitude problem. Justice of the Peace, William Jackson told Bobbitt. Your attitude problem is caused by your drinking. Well, on August the 10th, 98, he appeared on WWF's Monday Night Raw television program where he was featured with Val Venus. Not long after, he moved to Las Vegas, Nevada, where he worked as a bartender, limo driver, mover, pizza delivery driver, and tow truck operator. I don't think that was all at the same time, though. (laughs) He also had a stint serving at a wedding chapel as a minister of a universal life church there. In 1999, Bobbitt received probation for his role in a theft at a store in Nevada. In 2003, he was sentenced to prison for violating his probation for the 99 theft after he was arrested on battery charges involving his then-wife, Joanna Ferrell. You see the kind of what we're getting here about abuse. He was then again twice arrested on charges against battery against Ferrell in 2004. The same year, he filed for divorce under the name John W. Ferrell, which had been used in his marriage with Ferrell. In 2014, he was severely injured when he broke his neck in a vehicular accident in Buffalo, New York. So there we go. So we've got some good news coming out of it then. So it just proves that even if, if you're hitting women and you get your fucking dick chopped off and you still don't realise you're in the wrong... <laughs> when are you going to learn that, you know? Another thing about it, I would wake up during it. Uh, you know what I mean? With mine, it would be like chopping down a redwood. Do you know what I mean? So I know ain't no one going to fucking be able to chop that off. Just in one fucking strike in the middle of the night. So enough about John Wayne Bobbitt. Back to Val Venus. King waits in the ring to conduct the press conference. He asks Venus if he's still hanging in there. Well, Venus, tonight I come to you a humble man. Half the man I used to be. But you know, it's like they say. You live by the sword 
And you die by the sword. Oh, no. It's a fake-out. He's fine. He takes off his clothes and starts grinding. King asks, what happened if Mr. Yamaguchi was able to cut off his dick? Well, he says, because of a cold chopping block, block, a little shrinkage, and my friend John Wayne Bobbitt, who just happened to cut the time, the big, big Valbolski standing at the attention, cocked, locked, and ready to unload. They had him on telly after all that happened with him? Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. he had his dick chopped off, but Venus hasn't. Well, Bobbit clumsily says they totally hang out all the time. They found his dick. <laughs> they did, and King said it's good because it looked weird on the side of a milk carton. Venus starts talking to Mitch- Mrs. Yamaguchi. Well, he says, it's been a long, hard road, but it ends right here, baby. You know something? No woman is worth the trouble that you bought me. No woman. I hope you enjoyed the ride, baby, because this is where you get off. Take your shoes from under my bread, under my bed. It felt mean as he was saying it, but it seems reasonable, right? I mean, how many times has someone tried to cut off your dick? Well. You know, he tossed her a battery, which, just to lay out there, is to put in a vibrator for her. So he's still, you know, being nice about it. So here we go. Austin's out here, the WWF champion. It's going to be four corners match in our main event. Anyway, after the break, we see Edge in the crowd. That's great. So here's another brawl for all match. Bradshaw walks into the ring and Mark Merrow is already in the ring waiting for him. Uh, He lost in the first round. What the fuck? Steve Blackman is fucking annihilated, that guy. Well, Mark Merrow versus Bradshaw. Brawl for all second round matchup. Well, JL says Blackman has a knee injury, so lucky us more Merrow. They lock up, eh? Fuck this. They torture us with a fourth round since it's too close, and then Bradshaw wins. Who do you think? After a break, Michael Cole asks Undertaker for an explanation as to what happened earlier in the show. He says he'll do his expl- explaining in the ring. Michael Cole breathes a sigh of relief as Undertaker doesn't beat the shit out of him or dunk his head in the toilet or anything. Well, the rock and own heart walk to the ring. The outlaws follow, and this time do let, oh, you didn't know, bit in its entirety. Then Ken Shamrock slides in the ring and tacks Owen Hart. The rest of DX get the ring and attacks the rock. The rest of the nation shows up and Owen's leg is getting snapped to pieces by Ken Shamrock. Steve Blackman also around for some reason. The officials break up and the show takes a break. When it returns, D'Lo has replaced Owen in the ring for the match. And Kane and Paul Bearer walk to the ring and Mankind follows at a distance. Mm, Undertaker makes his entrance solo. Once he gets to the ring, the music ends and lights go up. And then Stone Cold's glass explodes. Everyone's finally here and Austin starts off quick. With Mankind beating the shit out of him, but Mankind, thanks to the help of Kane, took over Austin. But Austin's never down for long. It's one thing I've noticed. It's like Mankind was trying to suplex him on the apron. Oh, no, but Austin gets him back into the ring the hard way. Goes for a cover, but Mankind managing to kick out. Oh, now look at all these talents here that we got. You know, the guys that led the attitude here when you think about an Austin, the Undertaker, Mankind, Rock. And then, of course, you know... The Rock and Sock connection. The Rock and Sock connection is there. You've got the New Age Outlaws, a dominant tag team, a fan trying to get in the ring, and Earl Hebner stopping him, and Road Dogg going to take a boot to him, and Billy saying, it's not worth it, mate. Well, the Rock going to come over there in a minute, so sort it out. So Dilo's in because Owen's got knocked out. You don't really see that many fan trouble in, in WWF, do you? So that's a kind of a first. They're just excited about the action. The crowd is hot for this, and Dilo, oh my God. And a rock telling Mankind to go to his own corner. <laughs> and Austin knocks the head off D'Lo Brown. 
Goes for a Lufez press and starts bailing away with some big right hands. Drops that big elbow onto his head. And now tags in Kane. But so many questions still to be answered. Like I said, we're on the road to SummerSlam. We know it's going to be Undertaker and Austin. But they're still defending the tag team titles. Austin just tags Kane in all and Kane. Kane just tags Billy Gunn in after bouncing Dino's head off the turnbuckle. Yeah, Kane tags in Billy. And now Billy's in now. So if, say... Dilo pins Mr. Ass and Dilo and the Rocker champions. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. So his first whoever pins whoever in this one is the new tag team or becomes tag team champions. So why don't, like, if, say, Austin and Undertaker accidentally ended up in a ring at the same time, can they pin each other and then win the match? Well, I suppose they can. I think we've seen Road Dog and Billy Gunn do that before. Unless they do it in this match. <laughs> That's spoilers. Spoiler. <laughs> but Billy, showing the power, famous alert in the Gorilla Press, tagging him Road Dog. He drops the shake, rattle, and knee drop. Goes for a cover on D-Lo. Oh, but D-Lo managed to get the shoulder up at two. Two. And in one match, the WWF basically can go through all of their feuds, all the main feuds, like we saw with Shamrock and Owen Hart. In this match where Owen's meant to take place, that was the match that fully loaded. Their feud continues. Nation coming out with DX, isn't it? With the um, Triple H and The Rock and their problems. And, of course, D'Lo and whoever are at. The Outlaws want to go after the tag team titles and trying to think about Mankind and Kane. But, of course, Mankind and Kane now have got problems with each other. Kane and Undertaker in cahoots. And, of course, the Undertaker and Austin will face off. So, like you say, there's one thing WF are doing that WSW just isn't. And that is great storytelling in, in WWF's part. All the stories coming together. And it's not like a mismatch. It actually makes sense. And you can work out each line of story as well from it. That the actual idea we definitely had. You know, people just say it was this or that. It was definitely a storytelling aspect. We just see Mankind and the Rock team up. And now they're beating down on Road Dog. And they do make quite a good team. Delo's in now. And you've got every champion involved in this match as well. Apart from the light heavyweight champion that no one cares about. Yeah, no one cares. <laughs> Austin, WF champion. Rock, Intercontinental. D-Lo, European. And of course, they're tag team champions as well. And D-Lo. Uh, and uh, Road Dog tags in Mr. Ass. I mean, Road Dog and Mr. Ass are the actual only tag team in this match. Yeah, that's what you could argue. The only proper team who actually know how to work well together. We talked about Austin Undertaker last week, single superstars. D-Lo, you would say, may be more familiar with Mark Henry and his rock, even though they have been members of the nation together for a couple of years now. But again, Mankind and Kane do work well together, but again, with the problems recently and being the two single stars that they are, you would see, think maybe the advantage is for the Outlaws, but D-Lo with that chest protector, of course, thanks to Mustache Severin, D-Lo tags in Austin, and Austin's got no problem coming in. None at all, and he... Starts unloading on Mr. Ass. Oh, huge right hands are now working the arm. Tags in the untake, and we've actually got a proper tag team between the two. The crowd enjoying it as well, and so is Austin. He's fired up. Undertaker with the right hands to Billy, fucking him over. Austin's got Billy Gunn. Hangs him up on Barry Cade on the outside. I think Austin likes being a double champion. Undertaker kicking Mankind in the face for good measure, who attacks him back after he was going to go and work on Billy Gunn. 
And it's even the story with Mankind. I feel a bit sorry for him at the moment. You know, like Paul Bearer cares more about Kane. Vincent Man is just playing with him. And Yantake just beats the piss out of him at every opportunity. So it's kind of like, well, where, where does Mankind go with this as well? He just goes batshit crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Billy gets Irish ripped in the corner by a dead man. And Billy, I don't know if he's brave or just stupid, poking Austin in the eye. him in, and now it's Austin and Undertaker, the tag team champions, going face to face. And in this case, just lay down and let him pin you. But neither man would like to take that loss. And now Austin and Undertaker going after the outlaws. Billy into Barry Cade. Austin and Undertaker having a little chat. Undertaker going up for some old school. And I've got to admit, Austin and Undertaker do make a really good team, especially with Austin basically going along with everything the Undertaker's doing, cheering along. Road Dogg is in serious trouble now. That was a palm strike and Dilo gets to tag in. It's that leg drop, tells the referee to make a count, but only getting a two. Two. I always thought Dilo was quite good. Slam, like it's all there. Leg drops. Just don't let him attempt a powerbomb, you know. I've, he's, I think... Well, you know, he's a solid mid-carder yeah. again. Like X-Pac. I think the feud between Dean and X-Pac that we're going to see a little bit more with the European title, I think it's a perfect thing of, of, of with both men involved as well. So it's good that every level of the nation or DX and, like you said, the card in WWE, the roster, are getting used at the moment. Oh, Rock going for the cover on Rodol, but Rodol gets shot off at two. Two. And now Rodi's in uh, the nation corner. Again, you know, we mentioned the DX nation feud. Well, that's coming to fruition again. This is the thing, and all eyes, all eyes lead to SummerSlam. And as we see, we know we've got Austin Undertaker, but we know Triple L. We've owned they're both the lead, well, the leader and the ruler of the nation, as what likes to be called. You know, it'll be those two with the Intercontinental title on the line. What will happen with the Outlaws? You know, and even D'Lo Brown, as he's choking out Road Dog, he's got sleeper in. Just huge Austin chance. Now D'Lo. In trouble with the shots from Road Dog. Oh! It's a sit-out powerbomb. The sky high goes for the cover, and Billy has to stop it. No, you stop it. Lord, <laughs> it's no tag, because Oh Hebner saw D-Lo clap his hands together, pretending there was, but it's fine anyway. Rock's got such funny little kicks, and he? Do you know what I mean? Does anybody really notice that kicks ain't right? It doesn't matter, though, because now he's hitting the most electrifying move. In sports entertainment. The people's elbow. One, two. Oh, Ooh, but Austin in to break it up. Now the Rock tags in Mankind. A Rock to Sock, and now he's going right after Road Dog. But it's just incredible the amount of punishment Mankind can take in a match. Now Mankind taunting in Austin. Austin wants to get in there, but they've taken over on the Road Dog now. Irish rip to Rodog, ducks his head, but it gives Rodog a chance hit a Russian leg sweep, and for the first time in a couple of minutes, a little bit of separation. Can he get to Billy Gunn or to anybody just to get the tag out at the moment? Oh, Mankind takes Billy Gunn off the apron, so instead he tags in the Undertaker, and this is what Mankind didn't want to happen. Undertaker's in with a huge right hand, and now it's gone crazy. D-Lo and the Rock in, Austin follows, takes down Rock, now it's the Undertaker taking a rock out of the ring. Austin stomping a mud hole in Mankind. Dino's going to go for the ride with a choke slam. No. Well, hell's breaking loose in the ring now. Austin 
with right hands to D'Lo. A foreign object in the ring. Oh, we have it. Someone throw it in. Big boot by Untaker on Mankind. Kane tags himself in. Austin gets tripped, sent to the outside. Now D'Lo choke slammed. Billy Gunn clotheslined out. Now Undertaker and Kane going at it. Kane got Undertaker around the throat. Choke, choke slam. slam to him. One, two, three. <gasps> We've got new tag team champions. The Undertaker sits up. But when has he ever been beaten with a choke slam before? Seems like he went down a bit too easily there to me. Well, look at his eyes. He's he's looking at Undertaker. He's looking at Austin. Uh, he doesn't seem that disappointed, does he? Kane and Mankind are tag champs again. and Well, the Undertaker doesn't like Mankind, so why would he want him tag team champion? I mean, the question is, what's going on between you now? Austin was enjoying himself in that match, Dan, wasn't he? I mean, what do you think of the match? Yeah, well, you know, it's it's a bit of a all-over-the-place match, really, wasn't it? And then the endings just seemed a bit screwy for my liking. Well, we keep asking Ali in cahoots and... At the moment, they're not giving us answers to say they're not. I mean, yeah, they laid hands on each other, but Kane walks away as champion. And Undertaker, I mean, Austin with a wry smile on his face. Well, one thing is, I don't think Austin can trust Undertaker, but Austin doesn't trust anybody. Well, that's been his mantra for a long time. My God, so another interesting Raw, continuing the story towards SummerSlam, we move on to our next episode, 273, August 17th, 1998. Yes, and the show opens with a pissed off Stone Cold Steve Austin trying to break into Vince McMahon's dressing room. He's yelling a lot. Yeah, he even throws a briefcase at the door. I don't even know if Stone Cold thought the briefcase would knock down the door or if he's just blinded by anger at this point. I'm more concerned as to where Stone Cold got a briefcase. Does a does a toughest sob and a WA with him each week? It is that where he keeps his vest. Well, he's got to keep it somewhere, I suppose, doesn't he? You know. Well, he yells at Vince to meet him in the ring. Well, after the show's opening pyro, Highway to Hell starts blasting through the arena. The WF has been using this song to its promo for SummerSlam, but nobody's come to the ring using it so far. It confuses our announcers for the night: Jim Ross and Joe the King Lawyer. A hearse backs into the arena, and Jr. and the King assume it's the Undertaker. Nope. It's Stone Cold, and he has a casket. He drags the casket out of the hearse, opens it, and pulls out a beer. He walks to the ring and grabs a mic. He says, Vince, I told you you had 60 seconds to get your ass out here, so you might as well come on down here, because if you don't, I've got 23 more beers, and I'll drink every one of those sons of the bitches right in the ring until you get out of here. The camera cuts to the top of the ramp, and... No one walks out. Somebody go over to my hearse and bring me another damn beer because I ain't going nowhere, Vince, until you bring your little yellow carcass right here, right now. Well, Pat Patterson walks out. You're a pathetic excuse for Vincent Mann, I'll tell you that right now. Gerald Briscoe walks out. I believe there's going to be a jackass behind curtain number three now. Come on down. And Commissioner S. Laughter walks out. Somebody bring me another damn beer because it's going to be a long night. Finally, Vince walks out. And down to the ring with his three buddies. Austin says, I guess you're really happy. You got what you wanted last week because me and the Undertaker are no long champions. And I guess that puts a real big smile on your face. Not really. Not really. Of course. Of course not really. You're so full of crap. 
It's unreal. But see, that's okay with Stone Cold Steve Austin because it means that Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Undertaker are no longer bound together because of tag team gold. We're no longer bound together for no reason at all and that's all fine and well with me because I don't trust anybody and I don't like to depend on anybody. Well, when I sit there on the corner of the ring and I always had The Undertaker tag me so I could go in there and clean up his mess. That's over with. And I'll say this, The Undertaker says that I'm pissed off. Son, Stone Cold Steve Austin was born pissed off. He said I had one foot already in the grave. Well, here tonight, I'm going to do, in this ring, what? <clears throat> well, he, well, right here tonight, what I'm going to do in this ring is pull that foot out of the grave and put it in your ass to let you know exactly what SummerSlam is going to be like. And before it's all said and done, I'm going to beat his ass in this ring, stuff him in that hearse, and if you get in my way, if you care to bother me while I'm doing my work in this ring, I'll stuff your ass in that hearse right now, and I'll show for all three of us right down the highway to hell, 110 miles an hour, and that's all i got to say, you sorry son of a bitch, and that's the bottom line, because Stone Cold said so. More importantly, a guy sitting behind the announcers has a sign, that your ass better page me. 1998. Well, it's so 1998. 20 years ago, pages were in fashion. Uh, it'd be like 20 years time ago. Oh, you used to use Twitter. But uh, what a fucking promo, Boston. What a story he's been told. He's out to get the Undertaker tonight. And if a man gets in his way, more fool him. Up next, we get Ken Shamrock versus Dan Mustaf Severin versus Owen Hart, who's with the rest of the nation. Well, these three have had some issues of late. And as JR reminds us, Shamrock and Severin were rivals in the UFC. Owen enters the ring last and immediately tackles Shamrock. Commissioner S. Laughter kicks the nation out from ringside. Owen and Shamrock continue to go at it while Severin stands in the corner. It's about four minutes into this one and Mustache hasn't touched either of his opponents. Owen hits a crossbody and Severin still doesn't move. Shamrock kicks out. Uh. He hits a belly-to-belly suplex and covers, but the Mustache rips him off. Severin! Shout out to the WWF camera operator. <coughs> Shout out to the WWF camera operator who captured a series of amazing Shamrock faces. Yeah, and also shout out to Owen Hart who's sneaking up behind Shamrock and hitting a belly back suplex and giving us another great Shamrock face. Severin drops back to the corner to watch this one while Shamrock turns things around. He drops Owen and puts him in the ankle lock. Owen looks like he's getting ready to tap, but Severin sneaks up on Shamrock and pulls him off. Mustache puts Shamrock in that weird no-head armbar thingy of his. While the moustache has the hold on Shamrock, Owen stands up and kicks Shamrock a bunch. It's great. Shamrock passes out and the ref calls it in favour of the moustache. He doesn't release the hold, even though the ref tells him to. A second ref runs out. Steve Blackman runs out and drops Owen. The moustache sees to he lets go. The two stare each other down. Remember Blackman's in a weird spot where his friends with Shamrock and Severin sleepovers must be awkward as shit. Yeah, I know, not talk to each other. Well, Blackman checks on Shamrock and Severin puts Blackman in a submission hold. I guess they're friends no more. Owen gets up and starts attacking a defensive black man. I hope this leads to Severin joining the nation. I need to see him stand between Godfather and his hose and D'Lo Brown while Brown is doing his head shaker thingy. Please tell me that this is happening. It's okay, guys. Plenty of time to work on that high five. Well, a bunch of W officials in the ring checking on Shamrock, who finally staggers to his feet. He's confused and angry. It looks like he's going to tap Blackman. Blackman said he's there to save Shamrock, so Shamrock takes an anger walk in a circle inside the ring. He threatens to beat up Commissioner S. Laughter. A brawl for all semi-final match is next. 
While Godfather walks out with his hose, the king says he has President Bill Clinton on the phone. The person imitating Clinton, or Clinton himself, likes what he sees in the Godfather's hose. Or rather, he'd like to see himself in Godfather's hose, I guess. Well, the Godfather versus Bart Gunn, brawl semi-final. Godfather says he's normally off his hose, offer his hose to his opponent for the night instead of fighting. But not tonight. Instead, he's going to kick Gunn's ass. Godfather has a reach advantage. But in the first round, Gunn does a good job avoiding Godfather's punches. In the second round, Gunn spits out his mouth guard and gets backed into a corner. But here he comes now, Godfather. Big right hands, but Bart, you've got to remember, he left. Oh! <laughs> well, watch the left, be careful of the right. Godfather, down! Brawling ain't easy. Bart Gunn again. <laughs> I bet he's down there dreaming of hoes. Well, he just got knocked the fuck out. Well, that's what happens. I hope we'll see a replay. Left loosened him up. (laughs) And the right knocks him out. Well, Gunn wins and advances to the finals next week on Raw. Wow. And Bart Garner's had two amazing knockouts. One of uh, Dr. F. Steve Williams, which ruined everybody's plans. And now the Godfather. Look at him still Daisy in the corner. Yeah, that's great. Backstage, Shamrock and Blackman flip a table. Although Blackman doesn't look at that into it. There's a lot. Shamrock also faces his toughest opponent so far tonight. A door. After a commercial break, Michael Cole says the word in the locker room is that for his Lions Den match of SummerSlam against Shamrock, Owen Hart has selected Dan Severin as his trainer. Oh, sorry, Dan the Mustache Severin as his trainer. Cole says Owen left already, but after the upcoming match, he'll speak with Shamrock and Blackman. That should go well for Michael Carl. I wish him the best with that interview and his subsequent trip to the hospital. <laughs> well, it's time for the raw debut of Gangrel, who, for me, has one of the coolest entrances of all time. Hi. Shut up, Jail. Hi. 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 So last night in Heat, we made his debut and beat Scott Taylor. But he's got a weird substance in his hand. Is that blood? I don't know. Is that sacrificial blood? Whatever the heck it is. Right, so let's put it down. This is why his entrance is so good. Not only the... He gets fire. He comes up through the fire. He has a goblet of some liquid he drinks and spits in the air. And Edge is in the, in the crowd and apparently very interested in this match. Hmm, I wonder why. The spotlight is on him during this. And, oh, he's going to go against then, Gangrel. He's going to go against Brian Christopher. Like I said, yeah, he beat Scott Taylor last night. And RIP Brian Christopher, the first raw look back. It's, um, we, we lost Grandmaster Sexy, but Brian Christopher here and his trademark laugh. <laughs> he's going to go after Gangrel. Oh, my God. And Gangrel looks so weird. I think he's a good character. I'm surprised it didn't really work out for Gangrel, but... I think he's too much of a light undertaker. Oh, maybe that. And a nice suplex there. Couldn't get the job done. And Scott Taylor. Now Gangrel, Irish whip. Brian Christopher dodges the elbow. And now going to go for the net breaker. But Gangrel turns it. Impaler DDT. Bang. Plants Christopher. One, 
two, three, and Gangrel was just too much there for Brian Christopher. We see if this uh, gothic man goes further. <laughs> Look at the visual there. Well, backstage, Michael Cole holds a microphone in front of a very angry Ken Shamrock who says they better have two hospital beds for Owen Hart and Dan the Mustache Severin because he's going to break every bone in each one's body. Well, he also says that Michael Cole better leave or Shamrock will murder him. So Cole leaves. Shamrock slams some shit while Blackman, Blackman lazily lifts up a trash can and throws it down. Blackman is least enthusiastic ride or die partner of all time. His body's in it, but it's just his heart isn't. Also backstage, DX and the Nation of Domination are brawling. They're scheduled to face each other in a street fight later tonight. And then we get Skull and Ball with Paul Ellen versus Scorpio and Farouk. King tosses back to the president while this one starts. Clinton says he's doing his job because of all the sweet pussy he's getting. The more I'm getting it on, the more I'm getting it done. Clinton hangs up to go to address the nation, not of domination. And the attention finally turns to the... For a few seconds, the camera cuts backstage where the nation of DX are still going at it. The pack seems to be making their, their way to the entrance ramp. To the en- <coughs> Clinton hangs up to address... Not the domination. And the attention finally turns to the match in the ring. For a few seconds, the camera cuts backstage where the nation and DX are still going at it. The pack seems to be making their way to the entrance ramp from backstage. Yep, they're on the ramp. Well, the ref is distracted by everything. It doesn't see Scorpio hit the 450 splash or Scorpio cover one of the DOA guys. With Scorpio and the ref's back turned, the ball guys illegally switch out. Scorpio works back over to his opponent. He slowly gets to a knee and steals the match for a roll-up pin. Well, the DX Nation fight ends right about the same time as the match. How about that? Their match is up next, and it's a street flight. And it looks like they could have just let the fracas continue. Well, both teams bring some major weapons, major weapons, to the ring. Lots of trash cans, a ladder, a cookie sheet, etc. And here we go. So it's going to be DX, Triple H, X-Pac, Ballas, Billy Gull and Road Dog versus the nation of rock Dilo, Mark Henry. And here we go. This is started off quickly. X-Pac with a trash can. What is it, the DX and the nation going out there? We are here. Oh, my God. Dilo into the trash can, thanks to X-Puck. And now Billy's going to throw the rock into Triple H. Oh, he gets blast, blasted with the uh, trash can. Triple H struggles to rip off his vest. And now Billy and Triple H taking Dilo down. I do like Triple H when he's in his like street fight gear. <laughs> yeah, he means business, doesn't he? And this is where we're first seeing it. And they're all wearing, you know, like x Park's wearing the jeans. The same with uh, Road Dog as well. So this is definitely a war. And Rock taking out x Park. So it's four and three at the moment. Of course, we just saw the Godfather get the piss knocked out of him earlier. So he can't help. But I don't want to go to school today, Mommy. And Owen Hart is in a bit of trouble when it comes to... Uh, he left with Dan the Beast Severin, didn't he? Uh, Dan the Mustache Severin, sorry. He did indeed, yes. So the, uh, the nation are left short-handed. They're not doing too bad. Our European champion D-Lo got a trash can lid on Billy. Well, Mark Henry is two people. <laughs> to be fair, yeah. He's the size of X fucking road dog. They could use China as well, I suppose, DX. Yeah, they've they got five the, on three. They've got the advantage. Ooh. And there you see that bacon tray to the head of Triple H after he hit Billy with it. And this is like the NWO is just not giving us, you know, kind of 
We want to see like a, just a fight on Raw, and this is what we're definitely getting here. And you get the leaders involved as well. Yeah. You know, the leaders ain't sitting there having one match a year, like, you know, just great championships. And Rock's now, oh my God, I thought he was doing all right. Well, the Rock was looking for someone to attack, and then uh, Road Dog <laughs> beats him over the head with a baking tray and then goes up and tells the whole crowd to suck it. But D-Lo's up again with that trash can lid. Hitting Take anything that moves. So we've got three members there, impressed by D-Lo. <laughs> Triple H hits D-Lo. The Rock tries to stop it. No, you stop it. Now the Rock's slamming him down. No, he's not. He's got the uh, baking tray on top of Road Dog, and he's going to go for the people's elbow. On the baking tray. On the Road Dog. Oh, kicks it off. Fuck it. <laughs> oh, my God. But D-Lo gets sent into the stairs. Fuck it. He gets launched into the stairs. <laughs> and Triple H goes crotch chop crazy. Goes for the gun. Billy stops it. The baking tray to the back of the head. Oh, now Billy Gunn. Maybe going for a power drive on the rock. No. Jesus Christ. Well, one of the most dangerous moves you can hit. And now D-Lo and Rodog on the outside. Well, Jeff Jack's up in the apron. He takes out X-Pac. And what the hell is he doing to X-Pac? He said he's a changed man, but X-Pac fighting him. Well, what feud have these two got going on then? Well, is Jeff maybe going to become part of the nation? No, summon justice out here. The former Godwin's helping out Jeff Jarrett now. And we heard Jeff say he's a different man. He's a changed guy. Maybe he's targeting X-Pac for a reason. And that's good to see Road Dog now. So wait a minute. Coming to help out his guy. And Jeff's got some uh, hair clippers. He cut some of Joss's hair off the other week. And now he's done the same to X-Pac. Rock bottom to Triple H. Mark Henry's standing guard. Well, it's three and one at the moment. Road Dog and Billy stopping Jeff and Southern Justice. And now X-Pac fighting back with Jeff. Hair versus hair match between these two guys coming up soon. Yeah, looks that way. And now the ladder up. Ladder match between the Rocket Triple H course on the horizon as well. <laughs> so everything into play at the moment in time. And the Rock definitely sending a message to Triple H here. Triple oh. H has been busted open or has he got internal? I think it might be a bit of both. Rocky sucks, Charles. Look how loud the chants are for this. Triple H going face first into the steel stairs. D'Lo and Henry keeping guard, making sure no one else comes in the ring. Well, what looked like it was a handicap match has turned into a handicap match for the nation against Triple H. Oh. Ladder to the midsection. Drops it across the back of Triple H. Well, might have just broken the back of Triple H. And he's still not finished. <laughs> X-Pac trying to get into the ring, but he gets met with a couple of uh, baking trays. Oh, my God. Triple H is in rough state. And The Rock doesn't care about the victory. He cares about sending the message. And The Rock there took to the next level on Triple H. All this fun and games have stopped. It is a real war between these two. And I can't wait. Oh, look at Billy Gunn. Look at the bad cut to the back. It's been a war now with Southern Justice, Jeff Jarrett involved. DX has been taken out here. What a statement of intent by the nation. Great Most stuff. definitely, yeah. It's certainly progressing this uh, feud. Mm, no, fucking brilliant stuff. Anyway, 
Next up, some class. Tiger Ali Singh is here with his servant, Abu. He calls all Americans fat, lazy, and in poor physical condition. Isn't that fat and laziness all rolled into one? Abu was training earlier today, and they show footage of it. It's amazing. Unfortunately, Abu didn't have time to wash himself. Tiger Ali Singh will give $500 to whoever comes to the ring to lick Abu's unwashed feet. He picks a guy in a Stone Cold Steve Austin shirt, but most importantly, a guy wearing a Band-Aid on an odd spot of his head. We need to know what happened. Tiger Ali Singh doesn't ask. Instead, he tells the guy to lick between Abu's toes. He does it. Well, last night on Sunday Night Heat, Jacqueline called out Sable. Sable called her perfume cheap. Jacqueline challenged Sable to an arm wrestling contest. And that's next. Sweet. Sable walks out with a bikini contest trophy that she gave to Luna last week. Guess Luna didn't want it then. So we get Sable versus Jacqueline arm wrestling. Jacqueline definitely has an advantage in the muscular arm category. This one lasts about 30 seconds until Jacqueline lets go of Sable's hand and just shoves the table on top of her. Oh, nice. Jacqueline takes that trophy, shines the sun bitch ups real good, turns it sideways and shoves it. No, she doesn't. She hits Sable with it. Mark Merrow runs out to grab. Mark Merrow runs out to grab Jacqueline and run away as the oddities run out to the ring. Sable can barely stand, so Giant Silver helps her out. Cole is backstage with a gauntlet match against all four members of Kindtai tonight. If he wins, he gets five minutes with Yamaguchi's son. Cole asks why he wants a gauntlet match, and Bill says he's trained to go all night long and sex and penis. And it is another Brawl for All semi-final. It is Droz versus Bradshaw. Well, Droz is giving up some serious size in this one, but the first round is fairly even. Bradshaw lands a couple of big punches, but nothing too heavy. In the second, Droz lands a takedown right before the bell, but Bradshaw scored the most punches for the second straight round and leads 10-5 after two. Two. Both guys are really tired in the third round and it's uneventful. Bradshaw is awarded the match. Well, King reminds us that Al Snow's back in the WF and Al Snow's at a bar with Head. Head is drunk and on the ground. After a commercial break, it's time for another of those Dustin Runnels promos where he talks shit about the WWF and says he's coming back. In this one, he's holding a Bible and he's still glowing. Mm, he is coming back, I wonder. An angry Sabre walks to the ring and grabs a mic. She calls Jacqueline a bitch and tells her to get the ring right now for a fight. Luckily, Jacqueline has a camera crew with her, so she pops up on the Titron immediately and says she's not walking into a trap. She challenges Sable to a mixed tag match at SummerSlam and tells Sable she can bring anyone she wants. Mary doesn't look scared of the prospect of Sable team with a member of the Oddities. The Oddities run into the rock locker room and attack Luna and Mero. Well, Cole right. is backstage. Luna and Mero. Jackie. Cole is backstage in front of the door and says, Locker room, that Stone Cold has been pacing in and out of all night. Cole says, Jan Tegget is in the building, finally. Ladies and gentlemen, Val Venus is here. And what I love about Val Venus is that he's building his character in the most subtle way possible. Yeah. And look at the still. <laughs> well, he's got a pink love gun. <laughs> if he's going to... Fire it off here in this match. I bet he's got some white liquid in it. <laughs> so, yeah, Val Venus versus Kainto, which is T.O. Dick to go, leave it, Fanaki and Takarichinoku. Slaughter makes sure the Kainto members 
not wrestling, stay at the top of the ramp, and Tio starts things off with Kai and Tai. He talks Val in a familiar way. Choppy, choppy, pee, pee. Venus lands a fisherman suplex into a cover to eliminate Dick, uh, to eliminate Tia. Runs in the ring, climbs the top ropes and jumps off. Val catches him, puts him right into a body slam. He covers and Fanucky is out. Dick to go runs to the ring and President Clinton has returned. He says he never had improper relations with Monica Lewinsky. It was just good sex. Meanwhile, Venus lands a powerbomb and covers Dick, but he kicks out. Oh. Venus hits a big powerbomb and follows with the money shot. Venus pins Dick to go to eliminate his third Kantai member. Leave it. Well, Taka runs to the ring and jumps into slam early on. With Taka up against the ropes, Venus charges and leaps it in, but Taka moves and Venus flies out the ring. Taka climbs the turnbuckle and lands a maddy, massive bloody splash out of the ring. Venus goes for an elbow drop off the top ropes, but Taka moves. Taka lifts Venus up and hits a Mishinoku driver for the win. It's Venus's first loss since joining the WWF. Kai and Tai attacks Venus a bit more, and Yamaguchi's son escorts his wife to the ring and forces her to slap Venus. Well, Venus then grabs his love gun he took to the ring, and turns out it's just a water gun. He sprays everyone, while King and JR makes jokes about him staining Mrs. Yamaguchi's dress. Undertaker makes his way to the ring and Stone Cold follows him. Oh, the Undertaker is here. And what a chill in the air when we see the Undertaker. He wanted the Undertaker's ass. He's going to get it here now. Coming out with a smoking skull belt. He's not going to wait until SummerSlam. Business certainly has picked up here. And Austin wants the Undertaker to turn around and face him like a man. Oh, my God. What? What? (laughs) It's not The Undertaker. It's Kane. It's Kane. What the hell? The Undertaker come out. Why has he got tattoos in it? How did he get them? Kane has come out dressed as The Undertaker. And he's beating him up. He's even got the tattoos. Or is it Undertaker in a Kane mask? Or is it Kane? An Undertaker outfit. And Austin... Half Kane, half Undertaker. I've never seen this clip before. Have you ever seen it like this? Undertaker... It's the Kane-Dertaker. Kane-Dertaker. Oh, my God. Gets hit with a Lufez Prez. Let's see how he sits up. And he does stand straight back up again. Close line over the top. Lands on his feet. Well, now... Kane-Dertaker's got Austin. Throws him into barricade. Leaving out all the sleeves, isn't it? That's quite well done, though. Does take away from the fact Kane was burnt if he can actually have that costume on. So I guess it's just his face. Indeed. Well, Kane has got Austin now. and Oh, no. Austin turns it round, sends him over to Barry Cade. And now into the hearse goes Kane Undertaker. He said he's going to put his ass in. <laughs> Gives him the finger. There we go, Austin. Door's not opening. Why? <gasps> Undertaker's in the front seat. What the hell doing? And he's it... driving away with Kane to take her in the back. And Austin making sure it's just, there's two men in there. And the hearse drives away. And Austin's just like, Jesus Christ, son. What? Goddamn kid. What the F? Have you ever seen anything like that before in your life? Oh, I have never seen it. In my life. Shocking thing in the avenue. Kane dressed up as Jante and came out. We've seen it there. 
But anyway, we do move on, and it's the last episode of Raw before SummerSlam. It's Raw 274, August 24th, 1998. Before the opening video even rolls, we see footage of The Undertaker walking into the building, followed closely by Kane. They're both silent, and the show begins. Jim Ross introduces the show out of Philadelphia. Philly! Joined by Jerry the King Laura, it's one week from SummerSlam and J.I. is finally convinced that something's going on between Yante and Kane. I'm pretty sure of it right now. You know, these two brothers who have been helping each other out for weeks now. Well, Undertaker's music begins and he enters the arena. Kane walking right next to him. J.R. says this means trouble for Stone Cold Steve Austin, but he also tells us that Austin has guaranteed that he will eliminate one of them before the pay-per-view. Oh, well, J.R. says, why is a hell in a cell... Hanging ominously, ominously, ominous. Why is the Hellenser hanging above the ring? Why indeed? Indeed. Well, Vince McMahon appears at the top of the ramp, apparently happy about what he sees. JR says it's his birthday. McMahon says, well, finally, Untaker and Kane have come out of the casket. This is the best television since President Clinton's mere culpa a week ago. After all those lies, we get the truth. And the truth is, ladies and gentlemen, I told you so. Let me repeat that. The truth is, I told you so. There's no doubt that The Undertaker and Kane combined make the most awesome, most destructive force in the history of the World Wrestling Federation. And there's no doubt, with Kane at your side, this Sunday at SummerSlam, there's no doubt that you don't need Vince McMahon to become the WWF champion at SummerSlam. Because... Let me go on record, since we're telling the truth, with or without Vince McMahon, with Kane at your side, you'll be the World Wrestling Federation champion once again at SummerSlam. However, Antake, as you look to your reign as WWF champion, there will come a time when you need Vince McMahon. You need Vince McMahon for my wisdom. You need Vince McMahon for my brilliant strategy. You will need Vince McMahon for my friendship. Ah, how touching. He asked Undertaker to to decide before the end of the night, Vince McMahon, friend or foe. McMahon goes to leave, but then Paul Bearer slowly walks down the ramp. A sad look on his face. He asks Kane to tell him it's not true. Bearer feels betrayed and upset, but he definitely saves the moment to, ca- to call Kane's and Undertaker's mum a sleazy whore. So that's real classy of him. Kane, he commands Kane to destroy the Undertaker. Well, will Paul Bearer, will Kane destroy the Undertaker? Kane stopping the Undertaker going forward then. And the Undertaker beat the piss out of Paul Bearer. Well, Kane turns his back on the whole situation. Situation. And Undertaker now putting a pummel on him. What's Kane going to do? Here comes Mankind now. Or Kane and Mankind are tag team champions. Oh, for fuck's sake. And the Undertaker and Kane, the brothers of destruction, beat down Mankind as well. And we have never seen these two on the same page properly before, but I think we are now. Kane is picking up his tag team partner slash champion in a tombstone. And the Undertaker from the top spikes it. Oh, my God. And Vince McMahon even (laughs) winces at that. Vince McMahon and Undertaker and Kane lay out. Oh, my word. Poor mankind. Always at the end of an ass whooping. There's only one word to describe you. Well, McMahon says Austin is quaking in his boots. 
at SummerSlam if it's these two, Stim. But Austin comes out with a breaking of the glass. Oh, my God. Well, Austin goes to say, I knew all along that you two were together and you're having a little family reunion and a minute there, I got all choked up in the back about it because I feel so happy for you. Son of a bitch, you damn near set me on fire up here. And I don't appreciate that, none. SummerSlam is six days away, and I know better than ever. Hell of an effort on Stone Cold Steve Austin's part to beat one of you. Well, as you see there, Stone Cold came out, and the fire kind of stopped him from coming down to the ring. To beat you, the Undertaker, though, he continued, it would be one hell of an effort, but both against both of your big bastards, and I ain't got much of a chance. So you can rest assured, you better grow some eyes in the back of your head because Stone Cold Steve Austin is going to take somebody out tonight. You stand there and you play with fire, you think you're in his head. I'm going to tell you something, when you get your ass at SummerSlam, I'm going to burn your ass. And that's the bottom line, because Stone Cold said so. Austin leaves and McMahon is perturbed. The announcers go over the rest of the schedule for the night, including the Brawl Finals, Bradshaw versus Bart Gunn, and China has something she wants to do with The Rock. I guess fight him for some reason. Oh, yeah, and there's a cage above the ring. Well, Ken Shamrock area. JR calls him a raving lunatic. Shamrock jumps down to the announcers to yell at him a bit, and then the show takes a break. So Shamrock's showing to JR he's, he's not crazy. During the commercial, Mankind got put into an ambulance. Yeah. Dan, the Mustache 7 comes out next, and they're in a spat right now. Well, it is Ken Shamrock versus Dan, the Mustache 7. They roll around on the mat together for a while. Looks like a real wrestling match, which to say, looks boring. Severin lands a powerbomb and begins landing several big moves. Owen Hart runs down the ramp and lays into Shamrock, but the referee sees it, so he just throws Shamrock into a chokehold. Steve Blackman comes down for the save, and Ken Shamrock wins by disqualification. Blackman grabs Shamrock for no reason and then they just start suplexing each other. Referees show up and Blackman leaves. Backstage, Mankind has beaten up the paramedics, escaped the ambulance and is running down the hall with a stretcher. <laughs> awesome! The show takes a break. When it returns, he flies down a ramp like a sled. He gets in the ring and grabs a mic. Mankind says, It was cahoots all along. A Cub Scout should always be prepared. My Cub Scout leader, McMahon... He warned me they were up to no good, and I tried to believe it wasn't so. Now that is, well, Mr. McMahon has offered me my chance at redemption, and redemption lies right above my head. He looks up at the cage. No, you're definitely dying there, Mick. When Kane and Mankind are locked inside the Hell in a Cell, well, I'm going to get my ass kicked, aren't I? What kind of idiot would step into the same cell match that nearly cost him his life? Well, Philadelphia? Philly! You're looking at that idiot right now, you see. i got a plan, and it does not involve stepping inside the ring. No. Just like Hell in a Cell King Ring tonight, Mankind is going to walk to the top of the cage. If I can put Kane through that cage, or off that cage, well, I've got a surprise for that big dumb bastard. Seth Thumbtacks are going to turn him into the world's largest pincushion. So, Philadelphia. Philly! If this is... If this all goes my way, we're going to make a little bit of history. But if things take a turn for the worst, well, by God, it wouldn't be the first time I've had my ass kicked in Philadelphia. And either way, I truly do not give a damn. So, Kane, later tonight, I'll see you in hell. Have a nice day. thing I like about it, and 
I know most catchphrases, but like you say, often always finish with it with Stone Cold said so. Have a nice day with mankind, you know, the rock. You smell the rock, it's good. It's, it's all good. And Triple H was the, ah, I am the gamer. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, they show a promo clip. Oh, you done that, didn't you? No, they show a promo clip of mankind getting thrown off the head of the cell at King of the Ring. Put together by Mr. Matt Mann. Sable enters the arena. After a break, she introduces Carrigan. JR reminds us that the ICP will perform at SummerSlam as they enter and dance. Yes, they will. Mark Merrow walks out on his own. He makes a big deal about it and tells Kerrigan to get his friends to leave. He does. So it's Kerrigan with Sable versus Mark Merrow. They fight. Kerrigan dominates. But while that happens, Jacqueline attacks Sable. Dressed as Bob Marley. What, Sable's dressed as Bob Marley? It's a bit racist, isn't it? Jacqueline's dressed as Bob Marley. Uh, I think Jacqueline is drunk. Okay, gotcha. Well, Kurgan gets punched in the dick, but the refs see it, so Mero and Jacqueline flee the area, having lost by disqualification. Backstage, X-Pac grabs a camera guy to film him peeing in someone's boots. Seems rude. In the ring, Southern Justice waits to fight the New Age Outlaws. Hawk has arrived at the announce table to be drunk and to do some commentary. He yeah. says, I fucking love you. <laughs> 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 Tell him, Hawk. <laughs> Is he Scottish? Hi. Yeah, you shot in your cunt. <laughs> I just shot right in your cunt. Shot in your cunt. And X Pac pissed in your boots. <laughs> well, the Outlaws enter. And it is Southern Justice versus the New Age Outlaws. And Hawk feels disrespected. Jeff Jarrett walks to the ring. That's J-E-F-F-J-A-R-R-E-T-T to the ring. He demands X-Pac to get out there. He yells not to film his feet anymore. JR reminds him that as an announcer, he has no control over anything. Well, the Outlaws and Southern Justice wrestle. The out- <laughs> no shit. The Outlaws do well. The announcers are completely out of control. One of the guys in Southern Justice walks to the table, probably to get everyone to just shut the fuck up. But while that happens, Billy Gunn, the non-legal man, gives the other Southern Justice guy a power driver. That's Mark Canterbury. And I can't think of the other guy's name right now. And Road Dog pins him. Cure Chase, but the outlaws get away. <laughs> the camera guy films his feet a whole bunch more, so Jarrett flips out and shaves his head. The show takes a break. Yep. As you do. When it returns, the cell lowers. K-Music starts. He enters once again side by side with The Undertaker. He gets in the cage and The Undertaker stays on the outside. I guess Kane wins the match by disqualification. That's after it all, So, yes, it is time for the first ever Hell in a Cell match on Monday Night Raw. And what's interesting about this one, it is still the only Hell in a Cell match to not take place on a pay-per-view. So, we've just seen, like you say, the Brothers Destruction coming out here. Mankind comes out, wanting to go to the top of the cell, getting stopped by the officials. He meets the officials with right hands. And now the crazy bastard is going up all the way to the top. No. Oh, Hebner pulls him off and Tim White helps. He gets a right hand for his troubles. Mike Kyoto gets thrown into the cage. And Kane comes out to greet his former partner and current tag team partner, Mankind. And now the cell door to Kane's face. Mankind was only on this cell a month ago. We know how bad that was. Oh, running knee to Kane. And now Mankind going around the side of the cell. And now Mankind's got the chair. Oh! Oh my goodness! Kane didn't even move. Throw the chair up. 
He's going to hit Cat there. He moved that time. Well, Sorry, you don't need a chair up there. The chair needs to hit the king. And Mankind's climbing up the cell. Slowly. Untaker's there off in the distance. Oh, now he's had enough. Oh, no. Oh. No, come on. No. No, come on. Mankind. Oh. <laughs> Undertaker pulls Mankind off the side of the cage. He goes back first through an announcer's table. Takes down Hugo Savinovich. Oh, no. Carlos Cabrera. One what? of the two. What is, what is wrong with Undertaker putting Mankind through the splash announce tables off ahead of themselves? Oh, my word. What a fast chant for Austin. I don't know if Foley can get to his feet. Kane kind of limp body into the side of the cell. We see a replay of it. You crazy son bitch. No wonder he had to retire early. I know he came back, but still, like, the amount of punishment we've seen Mankind take. He's in the Hell in a Cell match versus Kane. And the Untaker throws him off the side. That's how unlucky Mankind is at the moment. <laughs> well, yeah, he had a spike tombstone pile driver earlier. He's been thrown off the side of a Hell in a Cell. He's been rammed into it. And now he's uh, still got to have a match against Kane. <sighs> yeah, but good news, he is still tag team champion. There, there is that, yeah. yeah. His partner is beating him up at the moment, but still. Well, at least he had a long, successful WWF championship run. <laughs> yeah. no, 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 he didn't. No, and maybe that's why Kane... A little bit annoyed now the cell door. No, don't do it, Kane. And Kane slams the cell door shut onto Mankind's chest. Yeah, that's going to decapitate him. The Undertaker's around as well. I don't think Kane needs your help. That's it, Earl. Lock him in there. That's a great idea. Well, he's locking the Undertaker out. But he's locking Mankind in with a demon... Who's just thrown in those still stairs. And don't forget Kane has the strength to lift a Hell in a Cell door off of its hinges. That is true. We have seen that's how he made his debut. He's at home in Hell in a Cell and he's just <laughs> beating the shit out of mankind. Kane has taken it up a level like it's since losing the WF title. <clears throat> now where's Kane going? Oh, over <laughs> the top and just cross bodies mankind half into the cage. Jesus Christ. Well, you don't see Macho Man and Hogan and Piper taking those types of wrists or bumps. I don't think they can hit a move over the top. Where's Macho, Mankind gone? Macho, could Mankind's gone hiding now. Kane's trying to kill him. Enough Mankind was out of the way when those steps come crashing down and it probably would have hurt inside. And now Kane is wondering where Mankind is. Oh, oh my God. There he is. He's got a steel chair. And he just swats Kane over the head with it. Drops into his knees. Second chair shot across the back. And he's got like a blue bag as well. I don't know what's in the blue bag. Is that the thumbtacks he promised? No, they are. Well, before he could empty them, he gets pushed into them. Which is nice. Well, hundreds of thousands of thumbtacks. And now Kane's got mankind around the throat. No, Foley's got the man. Uh, Mankind's got the mandible claw, but Kane manages to fight out of that. We got it through the mask, which was impressive, and now nice forearms by Mankind. Yeah, that is actually. But Mankind's the craziest son bitch going. Well, you got to love him now. He's gonna go pole driver. Oh, <laughs> and Kane sits on them thumbtacks. 
I think a couple went into the back of uh, mankind's head, but he doesn't mind about that. Well, I tell you what, if this is what they do to each other, what are they going to do to any opponents for the tag team titles, eh? Well, Kane's up impressively. He's got the chair. Oh, my. <laughs> yeah, he hits Mankind in the head. Full force where Mankind was on the top. Kane's got a pink... <laughs> His ass is a pink cushion at the moment. Oh, choke slam to Mankind. Well, this, I think, is the beginning of the end now. Kane doesn't care that he's got a prick in his ass. Well, he's got rid of Paul Bearer. And he's back with his un- brother, the Untaker. And now he's going to go Tombstone. He's not back with him. It's the first time he's been with him, isn't it? Well, they've been saying that they've been together, haven't they, since the, uh, Kane's debut. But I'm sure since they were children, being friends. And look at the Untaker now calling the shots. Well, he's signalling to Kane to end it. We just gave him a Tombstone. What else can you do? Tombstone into thumbtacks or tombstone onto a chair? More would hurt more, thumbtacks or chair? Probably a chair. A chair would hurt more, but I wouldn't want to do thumbtacks. Nah. Mankind, though, to his credit, back to his feet, the crazy bastard. Oh! And runs into a <laughs> chair shot to the unprotected head. Mankind just staggering around. A second one finally drops Mankind. Uh, if you look at moves and things banned, barred in WWE now, I think most of this has happened to Mankind in this match. Power drivers, ch- unprotected chair shots. A second tombstone. Kane's loading him up over the chair. Oh. Drops him onto it. And that's it. No. What? Austin. Where the hell did Austin come from? And the Undertaker can't get in. Austin maybe was waiting for him in the cell. He said he was going to take one of them out before SummerSlam. Now he's got a chance to take out Kane. I'm sorry, right? But in a match where thumbtacks is allowed, unprotected steel chair shots to the head's allowed, you can't have outside interference. I know, it's a bit weird. Especially when we had had outside interference and there's not been a disqualification. Yes, the referee was down. But still, it seems a bit weird that in hell, you know, you can still get disqualified. But the Undertaker's trying to break in. He's climbed up the top, then he slipped. Oh! Oh, a stunner to Kane. <laughs> Austin telling Undertaker, who's trying to get in from the top, that he's number one. Well, Austin has outsmarted the Undertaker and Kane tonight. Oh, and the Undertaker's foot's through, and now the cell is, is rising up. Well, the Undertaker's through, but it's going up. He's going to have a big drop if he gets in. Oh, my God. Why is Vince McMahon lifting it up? Why is he not helping The Undertaker and Kane? Well, he wants an answer, doesn't he, for Undertaker, Kane, friend or foe. Rising up, and McMahon controls everything as well. The Undertaker's got to be at least 50, 60 feet in the air. At least 100 foot up. With a massive hole in the cell, and Austin smirking. No, James, he hasn't got a cigarette in his gob. He's just got a smile on his face because he's going to deliver a second stunner to Kane. Oh, my God. Take it up in the lights and Austin celebrates. What a great visual that is. All on Monday Night Raw. And that's how you win ratings. (laughs) (laughs) And we're not even halfway through yet. (laughs) My God. I mean, what do you think of that, Dan? Yeah, it's absolutely fucking... You know, it's just... The storytelling more than anything. It's absolutely perfect. <laughs> yeah. 
It, it really is, you know. People say wrestling weren't great, but that was a story and a half. Well, we see Mankind at the controls, which seems like rubbing it in. Why not? We see McMahon at the controls, which seems like rubbing it in. Why not have an employee do that? Well, I guess he wants to make sure Undertaker and Austin save it for Sunday. Mm. Austin leaves the arena and grabs a stretcher on his way out. The show takes a break. After the break, Undertaker says Austin is a coward. Now it's personal. Undertaker says Austin will come face to face with his... Destiny. I hope he doesn't call his penis destiny. China walks out. The Rock enters carrying a microphone and an Intercontinental Championship belt. And then the rest of the nation arrive carrying a bunch of shit. The Rock says he thinks this was a setup, so he directs China's attention to the big screen, where DX's locker room has been sealed off by a forklift. Oh my god. Is he's... that what they call Mark Henry? <laughs> yeah. He said he's going to face Triple H at SummerSlam in a fucking ladder match and grab that belt. He also says total... Oh, fucking hell, nearly ruined it. He says China's totally hot for his wiener, but she's just a boot. She goes to knock over the ladder the Rock's standing on, but she gets held down by Owen and D'Lo. Rock holds her face and makes like he's going to kiss her. Yeah, so we see China there trying to knock her off, and we've seen her... This DX of, uh, nation have taken it up in recent weeks in a kind of assault with Triple H, and now with China... So, would this be classed as oral rape? This would be, yeah, oral rape you were seeing here. But this is the attitude here. We've got the good... China don't care. She loves it. And the bad. Look, she did later on in life. But rest her soul. So, The Rock says, but then again, there ain't no way, and The Rock means no way The Rock would ever kiss a piece of trash like you. However, Mark Henry, know your damn roll, pucker your damn lips, and give that piece of trash... The thrill of her life. And just as Henry is about to eat China's face. And the rock means no damn way. Mark Henry. Know your damn role. Puck your damn lips. And give that piece of trash the thrill of her life. Wait a minute. Shawn Michaels is here with a chair. Oh. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Just took Mark Henry's head off. Michaels has come out here. The rest of DX were locked away. And it's Sean. He's got the Intercontinental title belt. Throws it to The Rock. The Rock's saying, you ever do that again? My God. And Michaels gives China the chair. Calls they're a part of the original DX together, weren't they? But Michaels has been injured since WrestleMania. Might be making a return. Who knows? The nation has thwarted. Very interesting. On. After a break, DX have escaped their locker room and are looking through the parking lot for the nation. Michaels has taken a seat with the announcers and he laughs at the replay footage from him hitting Mark Henry with a chair. Well, Val Venus walks to the ring where Takamichi Noku waits for him. JR asks Michaels why he helped China and Sean says it's just because she was a damsel in distress. Venus says something about having more meat than your burns can handle, and I taste stomach acid. Well, it is Val Venus versus Takamishinoku with Mr. and Mrs. Yamaguchi-san. They go back and forth a bit. Taka taking an early lead with his great speed. Venus gets a good counter in there and starts using his power to take command. He lands the money shot almost immediately, but Triple H storms down the ramp with a chair, slams it in his back and gives Val Venus the whimption. 
He has no interest in this match. Triple H wants The Rock. He slams Tacker into oblivion too and then yells into the mic that The Rock crossed the line and at SummerSlam, he'll be my bitch. Oh, well, JR introduces a highway to hell. A promo video for SummerSlam is pretty much just a bunch of clips of stuff that happened recently with ACDC's Highway to Hell playing over it. Up next, X-Pop will face Gangrel. He enters for a ring of fire, just as he did the previous cabinet of mysterious liquid, which is blood, but totally might not be blood. X-Pac enters, and the countdown for Jeff Jarrett to hit him with a guitar begins. And it is Gangrel versus X-Pac. Gangrel attacks the instant X-Pac gets into the ring. They go back and forth, neither man getting a clear advantage until Gangrel takes flight and kisses the mat. Edge is spotted in the audience watching the mat, but a sign covers his face. X-Pac lands a Bronco Buster. You know, the one where he face-fucks his opponent in the corner. Yeah, I know that one, yeah. And then he ca- the countdown hits zero, and Jeff Jack hits him in the face with a guitar. X-Pac wins by disqualification. Triple H and Charlie get in the ring and scare him off while Shawn Michaels talks about how tough they are. And then Edge attacks Gangrel. He beats the shit out of that freak, and once he's broken up, Gangrel laughs. Mm-hmm. As they go to a break, the Undertaker rules a casket backstage. When they return, the final brawl for all match is set to go off. And then they show a boring package of all the boring brawl for all matches. Bart Gunn walks out, and Dan, I think you're going to take a bathroom break. I've been enjoying the brawl for all, actually. Yeah, I'm going to go and take a shit. <laughs> yeah, I've been enjoying it. Uh, so it is Bradshaw versus Bart Gunn, brawl for all final. So here we go, Bart Gunn, who's knocked out the Godfather... And Dr. Destiny Williams getting for Bradshaw. You know, he's a tough man. He attacked the Blue Meanie from behind. But still, he's still a tough man. You know, let's not forget about him. Barroom brawler. Thinks he's legitimately tough. Let's see how he gets on here against Bart Gunn. He's got a deadly left hand. Used his right last time round for the Godfather. But the brawl for all, an experiment that gladly never had a second series. And Bart's starting early. Left and right. Left and right. Well, Bradshaw's trying to block, but this is not good for Bradshaw early on. He's blocking it with his face at the moment. Left, right. Oh. <laughs> uh, Bradshaw's down. Bradshaw's down. Can he recover? Well, he I'm not sure. He's got far away look in his eyes. We've got 30 seconds left around one. It's right, Bradshaw. I don't want to go to school today, Mum. Yeah, he's fine. Yeah. Hey! Boo! Another two hits and Bradshaw is down. It, I tell you what, it made Bart Gunn look quite good, though, to be fair. It did indeed. You know, three, there's three fights there. <laughs> Bradshaw down. So we look at this, you know, rather than calling him any names, we just watched the brawl for a moment that he got his ass handed to him by Bart Gunn. Well, congratulations, Bart Gunn. You are the best at the worst thing that WWF has done so far this year. Apparently, he won $75,000 and opened doors for his career. But I'm guessing he'll never hear from, we'll never hear from him again. Guessing or hoping, one of those things. Yeah, I can't wait to WrestleMania 15 until we, we see Bart Gunn again. But impressive there, Bradshaw. That was the first knockdown that we see, the left hand. And then finally... What we'll finish? No, no. Finally, we left, and then good night, Bradshaw. So anyway, Bradshaw looks incredibly, incredibly confused about what just happened, and they replay the footage a million times. Backstage, Mark Carr asks Vincent Man what the Undertaker will say about his pre-Facebook request, pre-pre-Facebook friends request. But Man says he'll get the answer he wants. 
Some Gregorian chants begin, and everyone's confused. JR says it's symbolic of the Druids who walk out rolling that casket we saw the Undertaker with earlier. They leave the casket next to the ring and leave the Undertaker's music. Oh, and leave. The Undertaker music kicks on, and he walks to the ring. He takes the mic and says he'll get the WF title SummerSlam, and he'll do it like a man. He says he won't jump off from behind, and that Kane won't be involved. But tonight, you made this personal when you jumped on Kane. You jumped on me. So what I'd like for you to do, Stone Cold Steve Austin, is take a ride on the highway to hell tonight. And I call my penis the highway to hell. (laughs) (laughs) But man enters. Forget about Austin. Friend or foe. Is he friend or is he foe? He's smirking. No, James... He hasn't got a cigarette in his gob. Oh! He's got a smile on his face. And he's got Vince McMahon's hat throat in his hand. Well, he offered the hand and then chokeslams Vince. Oh, my God! Austin was in that casket. And Austin telling McMahon what he thinks of him. Well, here we go now. It's going to be Austin Untaker. But Kane's in the casket! Didn't Austin know that? Kane was in the casket! Well, Austin mustn't felt Kane in the casket. And now Kane beating down Austin. He said Kane won't be involved in SummerSlam. He said nothing about tonight. Austin blocking it, though. And getting out of harm's way. He's going to grab himself an equaliser. No, JR doesn't believe in Austin on Sunday, but I'm not sure. I don't think he wants a title, and Austin's not going to go down easy. Oh, my God. And look at the fire on the ramp. The highway to hell. Austin's just walking through the fire. Well, he smells like smoke and he walks through fire. He's not worried about the challenge. Oh, the Untaker and Kane. But there we go. That is it. Next stop for us would be SummerSlam. There's no Raw on August 31st either. So the next episode is September 7th, 1998. We'll bring it to you next month. But that's it for WWE. Our next show is WWE 171 Part 2. Two. And that's WWE in August 1998. And we'll bring you that and the results. That'll be midweek of the uh, score for WWE vs. WWE. But that's it for now. Don't forget you can follow us on Twitter at WWE Network View or... At Vince McDan, WWE. I'm at J underscore Rose. We're also on Facebook. Facebook, yes, you can come and find our page at WWE Network Review Podcast. Or you can come and find me and add me as a friend. I am Vince McDan. Across all the Google platforms, WWE Network Review on Google Plus, send us an email at podcast at gmail.com. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, WWE Network Review Podcast. We've got clips on there. Podcasts go at the same time. There are other places like SoundCloud. On your phone. Don't forget to subscribe to our Music Maker Diddly on there. We're also on Spreaker Radio. We've got our live shows. This is the start of the huge week now. The live show next weekend, Saturday's NXT TakeOver, then Sunday for WWE SummerSlam. It's going to be hell of a night, well, hell of a weekend and a hell of a couple of nights. We always love our live shows. And Stitcher Radio and iTunes, we can download, subscribe, rate and review there. But that is it. I've been James Rhodes and as always, always joined by... Damn right. We'll see you for WCW next time round. Thanks and bye. Bye. <laughs>